Local recording. Bam, we're live. What's up, guys? What is this? It's a good question, Bruce Wayne. Bruce, you going to uh, Wadapalooza this year? Part of the team this year? He lives at Wadapalooza. I'm really trying just to do one show a day. But uh, this is uh, East Coast Cat. He has an 11 p.m. Sh- he has a show that goes on at 11 p.m. Eastern time. Is it 11 p.m. Eastern time or 12? Uh-huh. 11 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so yeah. how long does that mean we have him? We can go two hours if we had to. Yeah, uh, less than that. He probably needs to jump off and like prepare for his show. But Okay. Uh, he has a show at 11 p.m. And so I, he, he sleeps in the morning. And uh, got to get him while we can. Uh, yeah, it said it, it, this is going to be a trippy show. I'm 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 actually um so excited I'm a little nervous about this uh show. This guy is uh this guy has quite the life. Wait till he comes on before I give my give the spiel. Yeah, give my thoughts on on what it is that way he can course correct me and be like no that's not true or that is true or damn you nailed it, which is what I expect. <laughs> so Sousa, you found your hoodie. Are you wearing a rogue hoodie? I am, but this isn't the one. It was the gray zip up uh rogue hoodie. I wish. Oh yeah, I yeah. Wish. Zip up. I need a I need a CEO zip up. I would love a yeah, I would love do. a CEO zip up. Hocus, what's up, dude? What's going on? Hey, thank you. Just thank you. Um what a what a weird world that some dude, some fifty year old man, sitting behind his desk in Santa Cruz, California, can reach out to some dude who's lives in uh, New York. You're in New York, well, right? I'm from, in the Bronx? I'm from New York. I live in Georgia, though. Georgia, okay. <laughs> Living in Georgia, and uh, can just reach out to him and just strike up a conversation. Just two random guys. <laughs> well, and the guy down below. Producer Souza, <laughs> what's going on? I I appreciate you doing this. You have your own you have your own live show that you do uh, that starts at 11 p.m. Eastern time. Every night at 11 p.m. Eastern time on Clubhouse, though. On Clubhouse, oh, Hocus, yeah, it's called Hocus Four Fifth Rabbit Hole. I got a couple years Hocus uh, Four Fifth Rabbit Hole. Yes. Oh, we're gonna get into some of that. That's gonna be fun. Um, and uh. I, Clubhouse, I, I remember a couple years ago that it supposedly it was like blowing up. It was huge. Everyone's like, hey, you got to go get on Clubhouse. You got to go get on Clubhouse. And then I haven't heard about it in like two years or a year. It's still going off? Yeah, it's still, well, you know what? Some people like Clubhouse has its own community, right? Um, you got people that love the platform and be on there every day, but some people feel like it's a dying platform. I guess they feel like that because a lot of celebrities left. And But my platform is still jumping actually my platform is growing day by day on this so it's not a dying platform for me <laughs> right mm-hmm. well, um why can't can you stream to do you go they can can they see you on on clubhouse or just hear you no they can only hear you it's only it's audio only you know you could do both yeah you i could, could i could connect it to youtube and go live there too yeah, I know I can't. I just I, I don't know why I just don't do it. <laughs> okay, um, you know if, sometimes I like laying in my bed and then like you know not having to shave or you know <laughs> make sure I look like sure you know, sure I that. sure. 
but people are going to love you either way. You are a charismatic uh, dude. Um, some people like uh, some people are like basketball players. Some people like actors. Some people like scientists. Um, I am a huge uh, rap fan. Uh, you, you know, I, I grew up. I grew up in that era. Uh, UTFO, Run DMC, going to NWA. Um, then you know, um, Digital Underground and Tupac, and you know, just the, I took the I took the West Coast too short. I was born and raised in Oakland in the Bay Area. Yeah. E forty. Um, and I just took that, um, I took that route. And now that I have my own podcast, I'm just like, I'll have whoever the fuck on I want and I get to meet whoever I want. I, I wish I would have met you when I was, you know, 12, but fuck it. 50. I'll take it. Not, not much has changed since, since I've been 12, really. My mind. Oh, shit. I, if you'd have met me, you were twelve. I'd have been one. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, you're 38, you're 39. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to sh- I want to show you this first video um, from your Instagram page. I want to start here and uh, you got it. You gonna share it? Yeah, I got it, and okay. I got it all queued up because this is definitely where our paths cross uh, the most. Right, fucking here. This is uh, Hocus uh, Four Fifths' fifteen-year-old uh, daughter uh, playing Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin. Right crazy you must be the proudest dad ever i I can't wait till my boys can do something like this this is amazing and you're there are you filming this yeah i'm the one filming yep are you holding back tears? <laughs> I was smiling. And where is that? Is that church? Yeah, it's in a church, yes. Brother, congratulations. I, I have three kids, and when I saw this uh, amongst your post, I was like, oh, this is where this dude and I connect on on the – there's there's nothing better than that, huh? Uh, man, I mean, she's such an autistic person. Like, Let me show you, like, the, the, um, the drawers that I have, this is my home studio, right? Uh-huh. Just, like, um, show you them, right? She drew everything in here. All this is her. This And this is when she was 13 years old. Like, she's wow. just such an autistic person. Look at her. It's just like she's so unique with her own style. Like I don't know if you can. If I don't know if y'all can see it good, but yep, yeah, yep, we see it good. Yeah, yep. yeah. She's just like an autistic person, and just she amazed me every time. Like when she want to do something, she just do it and she master it. And everybody was telling me because you know I'm I wasn't I, I heard the tune before George Gershwin, but um, everybody was like, yo, that's really hard to play. I was like, for real? They was like, yeah, that's really hard. Like she did a thing. I was like, wow. So yeah, she amazed me all the time. And and you have four kids? Yeah, I got four. And how old are your kids? Um, twenty, she's fifteen, seven and three. Wow. Are they all in Georgia? No, no, my oldest son, he's in New York. He he don't want to come to Georgia. He doesn't? Nah. <laughs> Does he have a good life in New York? Um, yeah, he got, you know, it's probably cause his girlfriend, you know. <laughs> 
You know, he's at that point like, nah, I'm not leaving my girl. So yeah, he got a good life. He, you know, he's like a TikToker, uh, you know, YouTuber. So he make his little money. He do his little thing. <laughs> uh, if you guys go to YouTube and you type in uh, Hocus Four Five T, you will see a huge library of really awesome uh music videos i watched them today for about 90 minutes while i was working out In- incredible stuff we'll get to that um hocus could we go back to just your childhood where you were born yeah i was born in um i was born in harlem um up until the age like eight to where um me and my brothers uh and sisters wound up going to foster care then he moved to the bronx and then that's why i'm from the bronx i've been living there ever since i was like nine years old well i grew up there Castle Hill Projects to be exact in the Bronx, and oh, the, yeah. and there's there's five of you siblings total. No, 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 no. I got seven brothers, three sisters. <laughs> there's eleven of you. Yes. And where are you in in the pack? I'm the fourth child. Wow. And when you go to uh, foster care, how many of you go? Do you guys all go to the same house? No. So um, the second half wasn't born yet, so it was just like um, me and me and uh. Three of my other brothers, so four of us, we went to um, we went to Force Camp Brooklyn. My sister got lucky, right? And she wound up um, going to stay with a family member, but you know, it was still considered foster care. But we went to like one of the harsh foster care houses in Brooklyn. It was was crazy. it a faci- was it a facility or was it like a man and a no, woman it, there? No, it was a, it was a, like a it was a woman. She was like a grandmother type woman, older woman who really treated us like shit. Her name was Mrs. Bingley. And, and were there other kids there? Other kids in foster care? Yeah, she, no, no, she, not foster care. She had uh, grandkids. Oh shit! And why did yeah, you go we, to foster? We had to fight every day <laughs> with those kids. No, well, um, her her oldest grandson, his name was Calvin, and I kind of respect it now, right? Even though I was a kid, I was eight years old, right? So it was like it was like what seven, eight, nine, ten, right? So that's how old we were. So Calvin was like, "Yo, y'all got to come downstairs." Like our first, second day there, so we like, all right. So we go downstairs. Calvin got the whole building down there ready to fight us. I guess he wanted to test us. So we all had to fight. And you know, we we all fought. And that was, but they, the, the far as the people, they fell in love with us. It's just the grandmother, she treated us like shit. How old was Calvin? He had, I don't know for sure, but he was older than all of us. So he had to be anywhere from 13 to 17, maybe, because he was taller. He was older. He was a, he was already a teenager. He was older. And so you guys had to fight him one at a time. He just fought you guys one at a no, time. No, not him. He had other little kids out there from the building. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so he had them lined up. Like, ain't nobody jump us, but we all fought one-on-one. Just did for Calvin no reason, change his name to Don? Is Calvin, did she, Calvin have a big old afro and is, he changed his name to Don King? <laughs> <laughs> fight promoter. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> wow. I wonder how many foster kids he did that with. Right, it's probably probably all of them. Yeah, it was it was it was really bad. Another quick story is I remember we had got into it with um uh, uh, it was like this this um family in a the building. They, we called them the grease monkeys because they all wore jerry curls. Remember the jerry curls back in the day? So we called them grease monkeys. <laughs> they was mad black with jerry curls. It was funny, right? So I think people was playing with their doll, whatever, and they try to like um they try to basically you know front on this guy named Charles. We used to be with Charles was older too. He was like Calvin age. So we went with Charles to his brother's house, and his brother actually gave us a gun. Like, you got to remember, I'm eight years old. Like, it was really cool. I, I think about it now, like, wow. We didn't do nothing, but it's just the fact that we had access to a gun at eight years old. It was crazy. 
And, and, and why did you go to foster care? Well, we went to foster care because uh, my, my, my mother was in the streets, you know, using drugs. My father was selling drugs. We wound up going with my grandmother and, you know, it just didn't work out. You know, um, uh, what they call it is ACS now. It's BCW then. BCW. Okay. Yeah, they came and, you know, they, they took us. I think in California they call it CP Child Protective Services. CPS. Yeah, CPS out there. Yep. It's ACS now. It used to be called BCW. So BCW came in New York and they and they you know they took us and took us to foster care. And our mother, my mother and father, they they got their shit together. They got I could curse, right? I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got their shit together. You know, um, he quit the streets. She got off drugs. They got back together, and they became my superheroes. Man, they came and got us out of foster care. I always. Appreciate them for that, you know. No shit. Wow. That's incredible. Are your parents still alive today? My father died in nineteen ninety six. He came and got us out of foster care in ninety one. He died five years later. My mother's still alive. Wow, holy shit. How how long were you in foster care? Only a year. We was only there for a year. And, and when they come check on you, are you like, hey, by the way, I'm in this foster care and someone gave me a gun? <laughs> No, we don't, you know, like, we don't tell I beat that. up all the kids. <laughs> you know, my mother, Um, unless she's seen the interview, I never told her that story. Wow. Because I'd have said it before. And as a matter of fact, she watched the documentary, so she probably know now I got a documentary out, but I never told her that story. Like, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I grew up in the streets, man. We just, you know, certain things, you just don't come back home and tell your parents, you know. <laughs> and then, and then, so you get out of foster care and you, and you go back home and, uh, and, and it's like a new life again. And do you go to school? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, I was, and in, I was um, nine years old. Yeah. Got out of foster care. Mm -hmm. And did you stay in school all the way through high school? Yeah. Yeah. I stayed in school all the way to, um, see my father died when I was like in seventh grade. And that's when my, um, cause I was always an honor roll student. All of us, we was honor roll students, you know what I mean? But uh, that's when my grade started to fail. I, I passed junior high school, but high school was too much freedom. Like, you mean to tell me I could just walk out this door and nobody going to say anything? I could just go home? It was like, in New York, it was like, it was too much. I was able to do what I want. So I, I didn't really finish high school, but I did get my GED. And I did go to college. And that's another story. <laughs> Cause and when did you start getting, and then did you, you ended up joining the gang there at the, um, at your home. The, what was it called? The Castle Rock? Castle Hill. Castle Hill Project. Ca Castle Hill Project. And in the Castle Hill Projects, there was a gang. Yes. And they basically ran the building. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a gang called Sex Money Murder. It was a um it was a street gang before it was became a, a part of the blood set. Later on, which became part of the blood. Meaning bloods the bloods are an international by the way, that's why I wore my red shirt today. I started putting on my black <laughs> one. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I've watched enough. Um uh and um and, and basically so the bloods are an international group or at least a national group, and then this gang somehow affiliated with them. Yeah, you know, it's you know a subset of the Bloods. You know, the Bloods got Bloods is the overall gang, but they got subsets. You know, which which we call hoods, which would be different neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't. And, <laughs> and 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 tell me how did how does that how old are you when that happens? When you start rec when you start seeing those guys around? How, do you remember your earliest memories of see, of seeing a Blood and being like and someone explaining to you like, hey, or or the um, sex money murder guys? Do you remember your earliest uh, memories? Someone be like, hey, don't fuck with those guys. Or like, those are the guys we got to get with. So my earliest memories of Sex Money Murder was really, like I said, it was like a crew. So that was probably early early 90s, mid 90s. 
um, and I started, then you started to see the Bloods come along. You know, in 93, the Bloods hit New York, but you started to see them a lot more in like 90, 95, 96, 97. It was like heavy, heavy, you know, so started seeing them a real, a, a lot, lot. And and so you live in the building. So these guys are hanging out front and every day you walk home or you walk by them, you walk by them and, and, every, and everyone knows who they are. Well, it's it's like um, it's a project. So it's not one building. It's uh, t- my, my projects actually have 14 buildings. Right. <laughs> so it's, um, it's really big. It's a big project. And each building is three 20 story buildings. And then the rest is a uh, 12 story building. So it's a big project. A lot of people. So, I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's a corner store, Castle Hill and Randall. Where, where the drug dealers, where the, where the gangsters hung out. Of course, we, you know, we the young kids in the neighborhood. We used to go up there, play with them, joke with them. They'll give us money, beat us up, you know, shit like that. So, you know, we grew up idolizing them, seeing them have money, cars, girls, you know what I'm saying, jewelry. What's, what was the, what's the history of building projects like that? Why, why build, do you know what the history of the project is? Why build a, a 14 building uh 14 buildings and three that are 20 stories and just start trying to pile people into them. Why'd they do that? Do you know what the history of that is? I mean, I could, I could uh, guess it's that, you know, project is a project, I guess to see, you know, how people would, um, will live under those conditions and not only to see how would they will live to actually manipulate them into, Oh, look at the, look at the hood, <laughs> actually manipulate them into, um, certain things. It's a drug, it's a, uh, liquor store on every corner. You know what I'm saying? They they push drugs and guns in the neighborhood, and you know it's a project. You know, so from day do you, from day one, is there a wiki page on that a project, uh, Susa? So from day one, a project is 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 a fucked up situation. It's not something like really nice, and then slowly goes downhill. From day one, it's 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 sketchy. Well, um, honestly, I I seen the old picture someone sent me of my my neighborhood, and um, it, it was a bunch of um. It was actually a bunch of white people. There was like Castle Hill in the 1960s, right? I guess it's around the time the projects was made or whatever. Um, and it was a bunch of white people. I believe that there was Jewish people. So I believe that the-, the Coming through Ellis Islands. Okay, so that's where they put the Jew immigrants. Yeah, exactly. That's where they put the Jew immigrants, right? So I think that that's what it was. Like, that's what it, that's where the ghettos, right? That's where the ghettos come from. You yeah. Know, they put the Jews, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because they were they were running from ghettos. Right. Okay, they were running from ghettos. They built them this housing. They went in there. The way I know the story is that they started getting into uh, clothing and seamstress shit and cleaning. And basically, that's when textiles and all that shit took off. And, and they happened to be in the right place at the right time and killed it. And they were in, in, in basically crazy hard work ethic. Right. Wow. Nuts. 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 And then, and when you, when you, in your whole memory of you being there, is every single resident black? No. No, um, mo- um, black and, and Hispanic mostly. And Hispanic meaning just a- anything South America, anything uh, south of San Diego. The Bronx is the Bronx is full of Puerto Ricans. <laughs> okay. Everybody knows that. Yeah, the Bronx has a lot of. I'm talking about it, mostly Puerto Rican, blacks and Puerto Ricans. You get a sprinkle of. I don't even rem- I remember no Mexicans living in there. Um, yeah, we kept them all in California. We weren't going to let you have any. We kept them all in, in Texas California. and all that, right? Yeah, y'all keep yeah, doing. yeah. But you'll find a sprinkle of Mexicans, all sprinkle Honduras. I'm talking about a few people, but it's mostly blacks and Puerto Ricans. And and any any Irish cats there? Any and Dominicans? And, Irish? And, and, no, 
Um, like an Irish family? Like, what the fuck? Look, on, on the 17th floor in Building 3, there's some white people. Yeah, like, like <laughs> I, um, rest in peace to, you know, my homegirl, Kat. I believe she was Irish. She's from the hood. You know, shout out to her whole family. You know what I'm saying? Um, she's, you know, that was people's too. Man, we all loved her. The whole hood loved her. Um, she was in one of your videos. No, Kat right? wasn't in No. No? Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, but, um. Yes, it, it it wasn't really wasn't really no white people like I'll be real to what he was. Not me. <laughs> and what ha- and what happened to Kat? Um uh, she uh passed away from an illness. Um I can't remember exactly what it is. Cancer, I believe one something. I don't want to freestyle, but um yeah, she okay. definitely yeah, got sick and passed away. And then, so so these guys are hanging out, the sex money murder guys, um, you doing normal kid shit with them, trying to get them to buy you candy, fucking with them, you know, seeing what you can get away with, building relationships with them. And then at some point, they must indoctrinate you, right? They're, they, they're like, hey, Hocus, you want to do this? You want well, to roll with um, us? Even before I became blood, you know, and joined the gang, I was already outside. So, meaning that I was in the streets. So I started selling crack cocaine um when i was like 13 14 years old and um and you know i was outside like i said i was out there you know i wasn't blood then and you know what it was it was when all my bloods like i said bloods hit the streets hard a lot of people started coming home which come home not in the sense from jail come home mean a lot of people started turning blood and i didn't turn blood like a lot of people was other sets first so there's a set called nine tray five nine brim Blah 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 blah. So these my um my peers, they was those other sets, and they wanted me to turn blood. Then, and I was just like, nah. The only way I would turn blood is if it's sex, money, murder, because that crew started in our neighborhood. So eventually, all of us would, you know, the OGs from the hood would bring all of us home, meaning they would turn all of us sex, money, murder. And and when from the day when you started selling crack, by the way, did you know the guy who made it? Did you get it from the source? Yeah, did you did you get it from the source? When you say that, what you mean? The actual guy who made crack? Yeah, from yeah, the, yeah the cook. Yeah, no, 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 not the very first guy <laughs> of all time. But did you get? Did you know the cook? Did would you go to the cook's house and get and get your supply? Oh, um, yes, yes. I, I, I yeah, I, I had a partner. And we would buy on um, cocaine, and then I would late. I would later learn how to um cook it up myself. Damn. 600 episodes never had anyone on the show who cooked crack and now in the last two weeks we had two dudes who in this kid this dude uh cooked crack at 14 that was his first gig what city was that was he milwaukee what city was he uh tomlinson do you remember Souza? uh no i don't like it doesn't it doesn't come to mind we've had so many of them i'm like so, 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 so then you start doing that. And so was there, was there ever an official affiliation process or because of your vocation being a cook and a businessman, do you just get absorbed into it? Or is there an actual, is there an actual ceremony of some sorts? Well, I, I guess for different strokes for different folks, when it comes to gang, some people get jumped in, some people got to put in work, meaning they got to um, commit a violent act to get in. Um <clears throat> For me, it was, it was, um, I, I did, I did have to fight dudes. That's because dudes try to G check me, like try to see he G check me and then they come and like, make sure you write everything, you know, your stuff and all that. But, um, other than that, you know, I was, you know, I was already involved and I was already a part of, you know, that kind of crew. So, you know, I just became, it was like second nature kind of <laughs> like, 
yo, you know, y'all sex money, we sex money, Murphy. And then, and then, so f- and when when do you start um, seeing when do you start feeling your um, artistic talents coming? What? How old are you when you start feeling like you might be a lyricist or you might want to rap or you might have musical inclinations or whatever your creativity? How, how old are you when that happens? So that that go, that goes back to my father. He he introduced me to hip hop, and um, the first artist that I fell in love with was Tupac, and it was a song called Trapped. And it's funny because you know now that I think about it, it's like I was eight nine years old loving Trapped, and he's he's rapping about being trapped in this prison of illusion. Like, you know what I mean? Being a uh, police brutality and all that type of stuff. And I'm really too young to understand it, but I love the flow. I love the beat and I love the lyrics. And I actually wrote down those lyrics to just to learn them. That's how much I was in love with them. And my father used to always talk about music and rapping. And I was like, I want to be a rapper. So one day, you know, we used to have the rate, you know, the radios and you press play and record and you can record on the tape. So he was like, all right, rap something for me. And, um, so I, I said, well, I don't want you to be here. So he went to the back. I rapped in the radio. He came back. He listened to it. I ran to the room. I didn't want to see his response. And he was like, yo, come here. And then I came. He was like, yo, I like it. It's nice. And I think that if he would have told me, like, ah, it's trash, I don't think I would have never became a rapper because his word really meant a lot to me. Like, that, like he, one quick story is um, one day he was at the window and he was smoking a cigarette. And he was like, come in. And I went over there and he gave me the box of cigarettes. And he was like, read it. And I read it and it said something like along the lines, like may cause lung cancer or something like that. I had a warning thing. And he was like, don't ever smoke these. And I was like, but you smoking it right now. As a kid, I'm like, you smoking it though. He was like, yeah, but you know, these, these will kill you. Don't ever smoke them. Do what I say. Don't do what I do. So I was like, okay. And to this day, I never smoked a cigarette in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. So like that man, he had that much influence over me. So my influence from rapping came from back then. And he really like, you know, that right there, that event, that, that, that sparked it. Uh, I, I never rap for anyone. Only time I never, I never broke past the phase of just rapping to myself or rapping to my kids. Like, especially when they were babies, I would rap to my kids all the time, all the fucking time. Crazy. I'd love to hear one of your rap. No, you can't. But, but it is interesting. That's a great story. I'm glad you told like that because you didn't, I wonder if every rapper starts off that way. I always, I always wonder, I saw, I, I saw this thing on Lil Wayne one time that he basically takes a recorder with him everywhere he goes and a pole mic and he's just fucking obsessive. It's just basically he's just rapping all the fucking time and he's just obsessed with it. That's the first thing he sets up when he goes to his hotel room. Um, right. So, so you did that and someone believed in you. Just a little spark. Your dad believed in you. Yes. And you were off to the races. Do you remember the next time you rapped? And, and do you remember the first time you rapped like like with like five of your, five of your friends around or something? Yeah, actually, um, as we got older and I as like early teens, I would say as early as 14, 15, I started to really write raps now. And um, I won't say take it serious, but as far as just rapping, taking it serious, and I would rap to my friends, they would rap. And um, I was always the one to orchestrate things. So remember I told you about the radio, right? So what I did now is <clears throat> we went and got two radios. One where I could play an instrumental from and one where I could record. So this is before we had studio, right? So yeah, I would yeah. play the instrumental. You had a two-track. You had a homemade two-track. <laughs> the homemade two-track. I would play the re- instrumental for one radio, and we would rap into the other one, and that's how we would make our tracks. And we would let people hear it around the neighborhood, and they actually liked it. I was like, oh, shit, all right. <laughs> you know, people really like us rapping. And does that vulnerability ever go away? Like, the fact that, like, you're you're rapping, you're making yourself vulnerable, right? You're rapping, and then, all like, I, like you have a two-minute... Right before the show, I listened to a two-minute freestyle you did live on the air on YouTube. 
I'm like, that's fucking cr- that, I mean, that's the, and, and when I, when I've seen other rappers do it, I'm like, that's gotta be fucking wild to do that. That's gotta be terrifying. <laughs> I guess you get used to it. I mean, I haven't done it in a while, but I guess you get, you know, you get you, if this is what you do and what you love doing, it's, it becomes second nature. It's like, it's not really scary. Not exactly what you want to do. It's like, yeah. You, you might. You, I always think that you might just wrap yourself into a corner. Like all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh fuck!" I'm I done. ran out of words. That yeah, I ran out of words. Nah, man. Most of the times, you got it right here. So it's, you know, it's all good. <laughs> and 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 and, do you get in the zone when you're freestyling? Like you can't, like almost like you're having an out of body experience. Like you can't even believe the shit's coming out of your mouth. Um. No, <laughs> I mean. Uh. I get in the zone. I get in the zone, but I just it just flows. It's it is kind of like it, it is kind of like that. Um, in the zone, like how they say sometimes basketball players be in the zone, right? Yeah. It's, it is kind of that in the zone sense. Yeah, you do get in the zone though. Um, so you have these basically. You have these. Are they competing with each other? Your your job and and sex, money, murder, and this desire to rap are those the two big things in your life from a young age? <laughs> Well, I tell you this much. Every time I pursue my music, every time I got a positive result, every time I would revert back to the streets, I would get a negative result. I mean, I would, I would, you know, be faced with some problems, issues in the streets, or I would go to jail every single time. But every time I pursue my passion of music, it was always like I, I told you a story about my father. It was like, oh, good. Later on with my friends, yo, good. Then we, the neighborhood, like, oh, we really like this. It was, and it just, you know, kept growing, but always got a positive result. So, yeah, it's kind of, it definitely is. And I think it is, it's like that for for all rappers who come from the street. It's always going to conflict. Always. And, and, and what are the problems with, um, obviously, the problems with the crack business is you're dealing with um, people who fucking have, will fucking steal your shit, right? You're dealing, you're dealing with the cops. Uh, you're dealing with uh, uh, c- competitors on the streets. Are, are those the three main things that can go fucking sideways? People stealing from you, your competitors, and the cops. Yeah, and you, you could get you could get robbed, you could get shot, you could, you know what I'm saying? It's the streets. There's there is no rules. People act like there's rules in the streets, but there really ain't. It's like a no holds barred jungle. Like anything goes un- until people act like it don't goes. Like you know, at the end of the day, every, everybody's gonna get. You, somebody's gonna snitch on you. One million percent if you're out there, right? So people act like it don't go until it goes. Like, oh, you're not supposed to be doing that, but it, it happens every time. So why we keep saying that? <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? So yeah. It, in one of your songs, you call out a guy Polly for being a snitch, and I heard that, and I'm like, oh shit, is that? Did he really just call out someone for being a snitch? <laughs> like, is that yes, really the guy's um, name who is a snitch? Yeah, he was actually like a little brother, like more like a nephew. Um. And he actually grew up in um my not only my neighborhood in my building, on the same floor. Like his uncles was my right hand man's, you know. And Paulie will later on come outside be in the streets. I never gave him no drugs. My brothers never gave him no drugs. But this is what he told the DA, and um, Paulie got into some trouble because Paulie shot somebody over a girl, and he got caught for it. So he started, you know, he started working with them. Right? They let him go. We didn't notice. Then he winds up robbing the old lady and cutting her. They gave him a second plea deal. Let him go again to come out and work and um and you know and try to set us up. And that's exactly what he did. He didn't he didn't set us up. He just went on a took on a grand jury and lied and a whole bunch of stories he told. He sold drugs for us. 
I was the enforcer here. He made he put that story together for them. Did and he wear a wire on you guys? No, he didn't wear a wire. He just gave them information and just put a story. He corroborated their story because I believe they made it up, right? And I believe he just went on the stand and said, "Whatever I got to do to get out of trouble." That's what I think happened. Hey, uh, does know? he have to? Does he have to leave um, New York after that? No, no. no? I mean, he, even after we found out, he was still in the neighborhood, and you know, people. You know, um, I don't. I don't know if it was because of this. I got to be careful what I say here because this guy is an informant. People beat him up. You know, I didn't tell nobody to beat him up. I heard people beat him up while I was still in jail fighting my case. Um, and then he wanted to move and his family wanted to move. And so I don't know where he's at now, but I, you know, from what I heard, he wound up working with them more, getting other people locked up. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he's probably still working with them right now. And hmm. is that the case that he testified? That's the case you, you did four years on Rikers Island for? Uh, yeah. Oh, fuck. I didn't put that together. Damn. Yeah, he actually went on the grand jury and, and told a whole bunch of bullshit. And then he came, you know, and the day I see when I went to trial and I seen them up there, my heart turned like, yo, he really about to come do this? <laughs> like, you know, when people was, um, I don't know, man, people yeah. are cowards and they they feel like they survived on the line is fuck you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And at the end yeah. of the day, he lied, though. It wasn't even like, you're, you're a liar. Right. Like, it's just sad, like, for real. Um. Like, Tell me, tell me about that. What year was that? What what happened that started that whole case? What happened that made it so you ended up doing four years at Rikers and then eventually got off? Which is crazy, by the way, that you got off. So crazy. Yeah. So, um, like I said, he was the um hub of it because he wound up doing that. So, but we was they, you know, we was popular. I'm 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 popular where I'm from, right? Um, so you know, the police knew who we were and um they knew that we was getting money, but you know they just couldn't figure it out. You know what I mean? So. They needed to. They needed a story. They needed to put a case together, a conspiracy together, in order to lock us up. You know, mind you, I never got caught with no drugs. You know, what I'm saying I got caught with money. I got caught with twenty two thousand dollars two separate times, and that's what that number. I don't like that. But anyway, um, <laughs> both times you had twenty two thousand dollars. Was that oh, a, shit. a year apart? And was that it, was that were those just deals that were twenty two thousand dollars deals, or that just happened to be how much money you had? That just happened to be how much money I had on me each time. How do you carry $22,000 on you? Where do you put that? All, all, all in hundreds in your pocket. Wow. <laughs> it's like wow. a stack in each. Wow. Yeah. And it's crazy. The same number the following year. Like, oh, what the? The first time I got it back. The second time they held it for the investigation. That's but, what um, I was going to ask. Yeah. So they was putting together this. They was investigating us. You know what I'm saying? But um, at the time they was investigating us, that's when I started the rap group Bang Bang Boogie with my man P.O., so we started that rap group. That was me, my song, Lord Tariq, Cuban Link from Terror Squad, and um, and my brother S1, who actually blue trial. He's still doing time right now. So you know that was um, we, we was doing that while they investigating us. So these guys got our phone tapped while we doing the music, and we put out a song together. A week later, we got Fifty Cent on the phone. Like, yo, I'm messing with y'all. Y'all want to help y'all? Fifty Cent started promoting us. They even came out to the vi in the video with us. Um, you know, wearing our shirt, Bang Bang Boogie, he was supporting us. You know, we was in a Billboard magazine. A week later, I get indicted, facing life in prison. You know, what what was the name of the song? The name of the song was High Blood Pressure. It's the first song that we did. The name of the song that Fifty Cent wears the shirt on, and you can pull it up on YouTube. It's called Bang Out. Bang Out. Um, and and 
four people got shot, right? That's what you ended up get being charged with. None of them died, but four people got shot. Yeah, that was that was one of my charges as, as well as conspiracy. And what's conspiracy? Well, I had conspiracy in the first, second, third, and fourth degree. They were all drug conspiracies, right? But conspiracy in the first degree is the reason why I was held so long at Rikers Island without bail because it's an A1 felony. The only thing that's an A1 felony is murder. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the type of, so, you know, you don't get bail for murder, right? Um, um, so, so conspiracy in the first degree is when some, they took, they took this, this out now because it's so crazy that they couldn't keep that statue in there. But it was when someone, someone who is 18 or over commits a felony with someone who's a, a, a B felony or over with someone who's under the age of 16. Now, let me say that one more time. If someone who's 18 or older commits a B felony or over with someone under the age of 16. Okay, okay. That's conspiracy first degree, and you could end up doing life in prison for that. Um, so Paulie was the Basically, it's hurting kids. Old. It's hurt. It's, it falls under some sort of hurting kids to exactly. protect kids. So, but Paulie, he was the 15-year-old who gave them the story that had us oh, locked up for shit. that A1. Yeah, that A1 felony. Um, it's uh, the definition of conspiracy is the secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. So he supposedly was talking about your unlawful, harmful plans. And it, it, it went to jury. Yeah, I went to a jury trial. Mm -hmm. And uh, my, tri my trial lasted two months two like two and a half months. Oh, and, and did you have a public defender or did you hire a lawyer? No, I hired the lawyer. Paul Brenner. Shout out to Paul Brenner. Salute. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, Jew, Paul Brenner. What, what was he? Yeah, he was a Jew. Yeah, good. Shout out to my Jewish lawyer, Paul Brenner. Yeah, fuck yeah, Paul. <laughs> you the man. You the man. Um, how do what was the what was the circumstance that four people got shot? How how do four how, all at the same incident? Four people got shot. Yeah, four people got shot at the same incident, and they were trying to say I did it because <laughs> fucking um, crazy. They found they found my hat on the scene. With they found a hat on the scene with my DNA. Mind you, they find a do-rag on the scene with someone else's DNA. They find a shirt. They find some glasses. But they find my hat on the scene because it's my hat. It's Hocus' hat. Hocus shot these four people. <laughs> and, and all the witnesses said the shooter had a mask. No, nope, None of them said he had a hat on. They all said right. he had a mask Ooh. on. <laughs> you know? Trying to picture you wearing a mask and a hat. I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> uh, okay. So... Um, so, so they, they put you in jail and are you, how old are you when you go to Rikers Island? At this time for that case, I was, uh, 25. And I, the, the stories are that it's just a complete fucking shithole nightmare. Yeah, man. Rikers Island is a shithole nightmare. It's, um, you know, the, the worst part of it for me is the disrespect from the correction officers. It's the way they, you know, they treat us. It's the, um, Searching your cell, tossing it up every day, every time they can, when they when they want to, how they want to. It's the strip searches, having to squat, you know, show your ass to grown ass men. You know what I mean? It's it's you know, just the dehumanization of it all. Like, you know, that's the most stressful part to me than anything. Was was there any time in the in when you were on the streets when you were young where you had to have a talk with yourself where you're like, okay, like you had to give yourself like this life pep talk, like, okay. I'm just never going to show fear or I, this is like, this is a fucking crazy situation that my life is in. And I just have to always fucking face everything head on, or I'm just going to run from everything. Was there everything, was there ever a time in your life at some young age where you put a plan into play that was going to be your go-to a plan every time? 
That's a good question. Um, I think there was a time I could call remembering just just telling myself like I'm, you know, another another thing that my father always told me when I was a kid. He said, you know, I didn't really understand it then because he died when I was twelve, right? He said, don't ever be a snitch and always look a man in his eyes when you talk to him, right? So when it came time to for me being put in these situations, of course they tried to put me in a room and wanted to get me to snitch and shit like that. Nah, nah. you know what I mean? I'm 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 going to be honorable for myself, but I promise pops this too. But I'm a, but I'm gonna just do it for myself because nah, this ain't the right thing to do, right? I'm gonna face my accuser, and that's what I did. Um, but it was a time where I used to feel like I just felt like this in this world can't play with nobody, and I'm not gonna let nobody play with me. And I don't mean play in a real literal playful sense, meaning like, you know, I gotta, um, I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm five foot six and short, I gotta poke my chest out, right? So yeah, I did, I, I could say I had an ego that was like that, like, nah, you know, I'm, a, I'm not gonna let nobody play with me out here. <laughs> and, and were you always like that or did you have to turn into that person? Do you remember that, like, there was an incident like at 10 years old and you're like, okay, from this day on, I'm fucking putting my foot down. It, it probably was, um, yeah, like I told you, um, when we went to foster care, I was eight years old. You know what I'm saying? I was eight. I had to fight the day I got there. <laughs> you know, like it's crazy. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. So it was like, yeah, early on, I was taught like, yo, you can't play in this world. Like you always gotta be ready. You know. Damn. There were there are kids all over the United States who wanted to play rapper. You know that, right? What they you wanted- mean? Want, what you mean wanted to play rapper? They wanted to play rapper. They they drove around with a gun in their car. They wanted to act tough. But at the end of the day, they went home and ate spaghetti with their family. And like, you know, they had the fucking dog and, and, you know, and they were going to, they were going to go to, they were going to go to college and, you know, but, but there, there's a whole world of kids out there who wanted, it's kind of like this in college. I was a hippie and I was a homeless hippie. And so when, when, when my hair got all matted and shit, it was because I didn't shower. When my clothes had holes in them, it's because I got them out of the free box. I walked around barefoot because I didn't know what happened to my shoes. But there was a whole, the vast majority of hippies would go home, buy their $200 pair of corduroy pants and cut a hole in them and then sew a patch in them. <laughs> do, do you know what, what I'm the saying? What the fuck to that? Yeah. And so there's this whole, there's this, there's this perception that this, this, that this hip hop rap culture is just fucking hard. Right. And, and, and that's, and that's kind of the, the, I, I don't, I don't know if it's this, the selling strategy, but some of the dudes really are fucking hard. They grew up with in a gang called sex, money, murder. And then, the, <laughs> and then there's, and then there's just high, high school kids everywhere who just listen to that music and they're hard when that music's on and maybe they got their daddy's gun under the seat and, but they're not. They're going to go to college. They're going to become MBAs. You know what I mean? They're not smoking crack. They're doing lines of Coke and they're using their dad's Amex to cut it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they're not like robbing prostitutes. And you know what I mean? Their moms are, have n- never sold their pussy for drugs. And you, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's just a, it's a, um, but, but I, do you have any appreciation for that as you're, uh, do you have any appreciation for that now? Like, do you understand that that's like the, what's going on? Well, I, I tell you this much. Um, rappers, rappers coming up, they used to look up to the street dudes. You know, now street dudes kind of look up to rappers. I mean, nowadays I think it's much worse. Like these little young dudes, they actually living what they rap. A lot of rappers in the nineties, 
eighties, nineties, early even some early two thousands, they wasn't really living the rap style they was, you know, rapping about. Um, but nowadays it's it's much much worse. Like now these kids actually shooting you, going to rap about it in the song, telling the whole world about it, putting it on Instagram, IG, and it's being played on the radio. But yeah, I understand what you mean. You know, people look at you know rappers like they tough, they live this hard lifestyle. And I don't, I don't know, man. I just, you know, it's it's crazy that now that I'm at this age, a lot of people want to hear my story and it intrigues them. I'm actually doing a movie. Um, we're gonna shoot it. We're gonna start shooting it next year. We into writing it right now. Um, you know, my life story. I got the documentary out. That's that's gonna be touching um a major platform. I'm not gonna say it yet. Um, soon. And Where's the documentary? It's it's crazy. I fucking spent hours digging around. I didn't see any documentary. You know Where's what? I believe I believe that I put it unlisted because I'll send it to you to watch, but Please. I can't because I just signed a contract for this platform. They picked it up, you know. But I um I'll definitely send it for, to you to watch. You know. Let me guess. It is, is it Gravitas Films? No. Oh. <laughs> Just takes a guess. They're the largest documentary distributor in the world. They they did I pro- probably five of my movies. Oh, nice. Okay. I got five movies in the top 100 all time on Apple documentaries. <laughs> nice. Oh, and look at those guns. Yeah, yeah. And I work out a little bit. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I never fronted on a rapper. Okay. Um, so um, so so that happens and you go to Rikers and and you have to do four years there while you're trying to figure out how you're going to work with um, uh, Paul, the super Jew lawyer to get you out. And, yeah. and you have a kid and you have a kid on the outside at the same time. At, 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 th- at that time I had two. I had my oldest son and my daughter that you just seen um, playing the piano. She was, she was 18 months when I went in. And did you have anyone on the outside at that point who loved you, who cared about you? Yeah, my family. Yeah. I had friends, you know. My my brother was, hold my oldest brother. He was still out there. He was holding us down, you know. Yeah, uh, I I can say I had a big support system, you know, as far as like mentally, and um, even financially, I, I was I was okay. I ain't gonna lie, I was okay. And and did you have people in there? Did you have Did you have people inside? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I went in there with twenty five people, right? Co defendants, but they split us up, of course. But sometimes some would be in the same building. But then you got to remember, I went in there as a gang member. You know what I'm saying? And um, blood. Twenty five you know, of you went into the same prison at the same time. Yeah, but they got Frankie Island. They yeah. got different buildings, so right. it's like it's so crazy. Some of us in each each of us in different buildings. You know what I'm saying? So it'd be like that. But um, you know the Bloods um run Rikers Island, so I was a Blood member. I was okay. You know what I mean? I was cool. I was chilling. What if you weren't a Blood? You'd be I too. You'd be I too if you're not a Blood. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, it's how you carry yourself. Like, I, I think everybody, you know, I didn't really, I didn't get into not one fight. I had to smack one dude, but he didn't fight back. But um, in four years, right? But I didn't get into not one fight. It was just the way I carried myself. You know what I mean? People respect me. I respect them. And I was more, I was more going through like a spiritual journey anyway. I was on some whole other type of time. You were? Yeah. I be, That's when I became a vegan. You know, that's when I started reading David Icke books. I started learning about the reptilians. I started learning about who controls this world, the government and, and, and the Illuminati and all type. I started to really dive deep in, in within myself and you know and you read what, the and you read the secret. Oh, oh yes, I read the secret. That's a fact. And you read um uh The Alchemist. The Alchemist, yep. And yeah, Celestine Light- Prophecy. Those books right there changed my life. 
Yeah, the alchemist. Those two books changed my life too, especially the alchemist. Uh, that book fucking rocked me. Yeah, I love it. Love it. I always Are, recommend that book to people. Do Do you have Do you have faith? Faith. Yeah. I, um, I would say I have knowing. Knowing. Yeah, like I, you know, um, I hear you. Go, go, go. I don't go, just yeah, believe just to believe. I believe more in like a knowing. Like I know this is gonna happen. Right. You, you know, it's more like that. So it's like a yeah, it's like faith and knowing though. It's not like blind faith, like I hope like, it's not like a hopeful faith. No. It's more like I have a knowing. It's interesting because I have this discussion quite a bit, especially with the people in the comments here on the podcast. There's this they 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 a lot of people believe in God. And I'm like, man, that seems like that seems like you're missing out. Like, why wouldn't you just know something? Or right. Or just wait, wait, wait. Uh, it's interesting. Faith is a term that's come up on this uh, show kind, kind of quite a bit. I think I, ha- I don't think I have knowing faith, but I, I, I think I have blind faith. I think I got to it because it's a way. I learned that it's a waste of time. In, in simple terms, it's a waste of time to argue with reality because when you argue with reality, you, you just go into your head, and, and, and it's, it's, it's. I think it's the beginning of just fucking insanity. I mean, that's what most people around us do. They're just arguing with reality. You know what I mean? Like your windshield cracks. You're supposed to get upset, right? But it's like. All right, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, it's fucking cracked. Yeah, like I have faith I'm going to, it's going to get fixed. Like it's, it's going to, or it's going to get cracked again. <laughs> you know, it's like. So you're in Rikers and do you, in, in there, um, uh, we'll get to the reptile people. God, I, I was talking to someone before the show. I'm like, I don't know if I can talk about the reptile people. They're like, why? I'm like, what if I start believing that shit? Because I'm like a sponge. <laughs> I'm like a tw- like I said, I'm like a 12 year old. I'm susceptible to believe in anything. <laughs> um, okay, so um, so so you're in there, and can you tell me about? So was there a case, and you were found guilty, and then there was another, and then you had to have the case brought up again, and you were found innocent? No, I was. No. I, I went to trial. You know, why did it take four, four years? years? It's it's like you know they they use they use their tools so that so you know they have 180 days to get ready right the 180 days but time stops on one end if this person ain't ready and then time go back again if this ain't person ain't ready and and then time uh, the judge can make the time stop it's just weird right then I got no bail so they're like okay next court date I might go to court in January next court date September it's like I got wait six yeah. months to go to my next court date. Next thing you know, four years pass, and the judge is like, nah, we gotta go to trial now. We've been here too long. And you know, I went to trial. You know, I was I was acquitted on everything. I on eight counts of four counts of conspiracy and the four shootings. I was acquitted on all eight counts and um on 12, 12, 12. Crazy, right? December 12, 2012. That day. A day that would never happen again. That's the day I was let go and I was acquitted. Wow. And and so and basically there was no bail because and we talked about that already because Polly was 15. The guy may spend. Yeah, it was a it was a one felony, and then judge like we don't give bells for a felonies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so you go in there. So 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 during the during the trial, and you said the trial was two and a half months. Did you feel like it was going your way? Um, yeah, and no, you know, you got them times where you are like, oh, my lawyer killed him, but you don't know what the jury thinking. You know right. what I'm saying? You know, yeah, they could be like, I don't care about that. Like, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was. You know, I, I got my signs that it was going good. You know, I never I never really got a sign that it was going. Oh, only one sign that it was going bad. OK, so I had caught a case in 2005 where I was in a shootout 
and they got me on camera with the gun like this shooting, right? In the projects. Yeah, that so sounds I bad. Out, I that sounds it. bad. That sounds bad, Hocus. <laughs> yeah, but let me say, right? I copped out. I did a year for that. I did my time for that. The judge allowed them to bring that up. Even they they presented that whole case, even though I did my time for it. I wasn't even charged with it now, but he was he allowed them to bring it to present it as if I was. Like they presented, they brought the they brought the um the forensic for it, they brought um the uh the cops for it and everything. So I wasn't charged for it though. So when hmm. that, when the jury is deliberating, so you know they, the jury they send out notes and they ask for stuff, they ask for evidence. So when they sent out a note, they said um, they wanted to see that picture. I said, I looked at my lawyer like, why do you want to see that picture? He said, I don't know. I'm like, yo, that's when I thought, I was like, that was looking bad. That's the only time I was like, damn, they're going to convict me of these shootings. And I, I did time for that shit already. They're going to judge me based off of that. But they didn't. They didn't judge me based off of that. You know, and I, I got, you know, for real. How long, what was, what were you looking at? How long, how much time? 25 to life. The, um, the, oh shit! Yeah, so if I'd have blew to any one of the shootings, if I'd have blew to just one of the shootings, that's twenty five flat maximum. Um, and the the A one felony, which is the conspiracy, held fifteen to life. Uh, not, not you know you can get fifteen years. No, if you blow to that, you automatically get the life. So, you know, at the end, um, so you know, what did the jury look like? White guys, bl- uh, black guys, girls, that's boys. A, that's that's a good question, right? Because there's, there's a story behind that. So. In the Bronx, you know, they say if you want to go to trial anywhere in the world, you want to go to trial in the Bronx, you, you know, it's 60-40 on out end, on the defense end, who wins, right? <laughs> um, no, for real, because it's, it's a lot of um, blacks and Puerto Ricans. Like, well, I told y'all that. So when we was picking a jury, you get you get, you get get 20 strikes and the and prosecutor get 20 strikes. That means that you can strike 20 people that you don't want to be a juror without any questions. You don't even have to give a reason. Right, you see a guy, you're like, fuck that guy. I'm like, every white guy, I, I was like, every white guy, I'm like, tell my lawyer, strike him, strike him, strike. Him. So the DA said, Your Honor, Your Honor, I want to put in a bats application. I don't know what that means. He said, I want to put in a bats application. He's striking every white person. I was like, damn, he got me. So, <laughs> so look though, so it's funny, right? So it was one Chinese guy left, and uh, um, and the judge was like. Calm down, calm down. He didn't want to, because if we put the bass application, we got to start the whole process over. He was like, so he asked my lawyer, like, see if your client would at least let the Chinese guy, if the Chinese guy to go, then would you be okay with that? The DA said, well, yeah, whatever. So I said, oh, yeah, let the Chinese guy go. Because <laughs> the Chinese guy, he wasn't even a main jury. He was a, um, what do you call it, an alternate. Yeah. So, you know, you get 15 jurors. There's only 12, right, that yeah. actually choose. But you got three alternates just in case one of them fall out. So he was an alternate anyway. I was like, okay, we can get the so, Chinese so you guy. Had, you had 15 black people and a Chinese alternate. It was f- 14 black and Spanish and a Chinese alternate. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, um, can, can you give me um, – we're going to run a quick commercial while I pee. I just got to pee. I made these commercials so I could pee. I just got to pee for a minute. <laughs> you got to pee? Just takes a minute. Your thing. I'm going to go give me a glass of water. Okay, we'll be back All right. in uh, 66 seconds. <laughs> You don't even have to want to do CrossFit. You don't have to want to be a coach. You don't have to want to be a trainer. If you just want the operating manual to your body, it's not just Forging Elite Fitness. It's the operating manual to the human genome. You'll take this CrossFit Level 1 seminar and you will walk away inspired. From the second you leave, your entire life will change. You will make significant changes to your life because you are excited. You will, you will start tweaking with your diet. You'll start tweaking with your movement. You'll start tweaking with who you hang out with. 
everything will take a shift. For some people, it'll be massive. For some people, it'll be a little bit. No matter what, you'll move towards a better life. Everyone is going to sense it in you that you are more accountable, more personally responsible, happier, more helpful, more, more thoughtful human being. And you'll be nicer to look at. You might talk too much shit about CrossFit, but... Bam! Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they paid me $100,000 for that. <laughs> Money well spent. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so, so the jury... So the jury... The, the, you get the jury... They, they want to see a picture of you shooting. Hey, you want to go? You want to get crazy for a second? What's that? Do you, you know? Did you follow the George Floyd case very closely? Um, pretty close. You, you know that there were uh, he he had two previous chart. Well, he had three previous charges, but there were two previous charges where they had video footage of him in the back of a cop car saying, "I can't breathe." Right. And, he, and, and him eating fentanyl, and they didn't let him. They didn't. They did not let that footage get submitted to the in that case right i seen i actually seen that and i um also seen candace owens documentary i liked it too yeah i haven't seen that yet but what a fucking crazy situation right right what a fucking crazy situation <laughs> we don't have time for george floyd right now maybe that'll be if you if you and i it seems like we're getting along good right yep <laughs> yeah maybe we'll do another show maybe we'll do another show sometime you know you could um do you know who alex stein is no no oh, okay Sometimes I have him on the show and he'll stream it to his YouTube station while it's on mine. Just hijack my shit. And at first I was like, what's this fucker doing? But it's actually a cool thing. Cause I didn't even know you could do that. I, I don't know how to work. Um, Cause then it blends the two communities. Out. You need a guy, you need a Matt Souza. You need one of right. these. <laughs> right. I know. Right. <laughs> you need one of these. Okay. So, um, and how long is the jury? So did you ever go on the stand? No, hell no. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so the jury says they get all the information and then it's like in the movies, right? They just kind of shuttle, sh shuttle off into a room. Yeah. So they keep, they, they always, they keep going back and forth to the room and then until they got the verdict. What do you mean? They keep going back. You're sitting in the courtroom and then they come out and they're like, Hey, we need this picture. What, no, no, what no. Color? They, oh yeah. When, while they, while you deliberating, uh -huh. right. They have to bring them back out and then they, they send a note, right. And then they'll and I'll be out there with my lawyer and with the DA and we'll talk about it. And then they bring the jury out and then they'll let the jury know what they're gonna do. Then they send them back in the room. Okay. So, yeah, so they always go come back and forth. And then do they do it in one day? No, well, no, deliberations could take days, weeks, maybe. You How know long did saying? yours take? Through like three days, four days, something like that. So that means there was someone in there who wanted your ass. <laughs> So yeah, I think so. I think because was, if it was I, like if it was like ten of us and we're like fuck that, he didn't do it, let him go. They don't even got they don't even have what do they need? They need uh, proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Is that the order? Yeah, they need proof beyond a reasonable doubt. I think there was someone who was there was someone or maybe a few who was questioning whether I did it or not, or who was like I said was probably judging me based off the picture and just based off what they hearing. Like, you know, some people think, yo, all of this, he can't be innocent if he, you know, but they didn't prove I did anything. That's what you got to worry about. Did they prove I did this? You can't just go off. Now nah, he's being charged with all this. He has to, he had to do something. 
maybe he did something, but maybe he didn't do none of this. Right. We, right. You know what I mean? Right. Can't find somebody. Well, of course, we've all done something. We've all done something. Right. Not most of us haven't done as much as you, though, Hocus, but we've all done something. <laughs> um, and, and, and you're a totally different person on the day of this trial than the guy who went in. You believe in reptilian politicians and you grow and, 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 and you and you and you get a, a, a knowing mindset. You're, you're starting to de- get some deep inner peace. Do you do any drugs when you're in prison? No, nah, I'm not a drug like I don't not a drug user. I don't I don't smoke weed. I don't. Yeah. Me neither. I, I used to though. Did you used to? I smoked weed in my life, but like I'm not. I've never been a weed smoker. Like I've never been somebody who just. I, I don't really know. Nah. You never had I'm, your own pipe or your own bong or your own rolling yeah, paper. Yeah, and all that. I don't, Nothing. I don't smoke weed. Like, yeah, I never really like. I did it before, but I don't. Like, I never was a avid weed user. Like I had to probably be around friends and just like, oh, uh, get one pull, like. I'm one yeah. of those people, like, but that had to be once in a blue. I'm not really a weed smoker. And did you hate it? Well, it's funny story because the first time I ever did it, I was 15 years old, right? And there was some Reggie, some regular bullshit yachty weed, and but I'm smoking it. And I'm like, <laughs> and I, I hated it. Yeah, to, to answer your question, <laughs> I, I, I actually went to the hospital. I went, I went home. I told my mother I hit my head. I lied because I was so scared. I was like, what the fuck? Like, well, how come I feel so like it felt crazy? You yeah. know what I mean? I was yeah. like, I went to the hospital and then I had some McDonald's in the hospital and then it started to come down. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And I told my mother, I said, Ma, let's leave. She said, No, you hit your head. I said, Ma, I was smoking weed. <laughs> she said, Boy, it was going to keep us here all night. What the hell? Why you ain't tell me? I said, Man, I was scared. I didn't know what the fuck. So I think I had a bad first experience with it. So it was like, I it just never, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, don't ever eat that shit, dude. That shit'll really fuck you up. That shit'll make you feel. I, I, you know, crazy. I, I did that before. Too. I did that before too, and you're right. It <laughs> fucked me up. Like it really did. I'm like, damn, why I eat this shit? Like one yeah. of those. Like, yeah. When's this gonna end? <laughs> For real, that's yeah. So that's just not my my choice of, of drug. <laughs> and, you know, if I did have a choice, I wouldn't call it a drug. I call them um, plant medicine. Is mushrooms and shit like that. Yeah. Have you played with that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, now as a grown ass man, right? But like, not like in the past. Like, you know, what I mean, I, I did it more, look more on a spiritual journey, not like rec- recreation wise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think mushrooms is what you want to do at um with your homies at Six Money Murder in the Bronx, uh, in, in <laughs> Castle Fucking Rock, Castle Hill. <laughs> nah. Maybe you want to be around some trees and a little less concrete. Yeah, like Sedona. <laughs> I saw you went to Sedona. Oh yeah, I went to Sedona. Yeah, I'm actually Looking, doing another a retreat out there next year. Next May, we're gonna do a whole rabbit hole retreat. It's gonna be dope. You're, you're running them. They're your retreats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, you're a fucking go getter. Um, were you always a go getter? Like, were you were you the best? Were you, at 14, were you the guys? Were you the best uh, crack dealer? <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, I, I was a good one. I always, yeah, I always made money. I always make sure I got money. Yeah. Is there any pride in that business? Like, my shit always is gonna weigh the right. It's gonna be cut with the least. Or, hey, um, I'm never gonna yeah. be late. Or, was there pride in, in the? Of or- course, all that. It's ran like a business. You got, you know, my shit's gonna be the biggest. It's gonna be the best. It's gonna be high. like you said, the less cut. You know, it's you fastest know, I'm, interaction. I'm not gonna fuck with you. <laughs> you know, the best. I'll give the best plays, the best deals. You want to keep your customers happy, like any business. 
Um, I had this policy that I would front people a lot of weed. I used to sell a shit ton of weed, a shit ton. And I would front weed. Well, when I say shit ton, like in $2,400 blocks, you know, like, <laughs> like, 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 you know, ounces. And I would front it to you until you didn't, until you did me wrong. But then I didn't get mad at you. You didn't have to pay me, but then you always had to pay up front. Right. So when the, you know, the guy says, Hey, uh, comes back, he's like, Hey, can I get more weed? I'm like, where's 2,400 bucks? And he goes, cops are following me. I had to throw it out the sunroof. I'm like, cool. I'll, I'll eat that with you. And they're like, what can I get fronted? No, you're not, you're not on the front plan anymore. Um, did you have, did you have a policy and was it more severe or were you as gentle of a businessman as I was? Um, I, I say, yeah, I, you know, I help people too. I try to help people get on their feet. You know, I would, yeah. yeah. I was definitely hot to help people. Mm -hmm. Like the they first time, shame on you, or shame the first time, shame on you. But you're not gonna fucking pull that one again. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, in that in that business, you get swindled. Like it happens. So it's like, right? It's it's gonna happen. You know, you take a chance. You know. And I didn't have any swindlers insurance. Did you? <laughs> nah, it ain't no such thing. <laughs> that streets, man. You get swindled. That's it. You just dead on your shit. Like damn. All right. I get it back though. <laughs> So they're deliberating for three days, and you basically come to the courtroom every day? Yeah, you got to come every day, bring you from Rikers Island every day. They wake you up 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, every day, bring you on a bus. You don't make it back to your fucking your, um, your house on Rikers Island till like 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. You barely get any sleep, and this is every day, you know what I'm saying? So, well, every, you know, every weekday. And, and when you come back, are the guys excited to hear your story? Of course. Yeah. Because yeah. not everybody <laughs> go to trial. Trial is a scary thing. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you're facing the amount of time I was. Hey, like, yo, what's going on? I was just like, I was just like how I am now. Like, you know, I think it's looking good, man. But I'm, you never know. Like, it's looking good. It's looking good. And when you're in the courtroom, do you, when the jury finally comes out, do you feel like you want to throw up? Like you see them and they're about to read the shit. Do you feel like some shit that's like a unique so, experience? That's like no that's one another else could crazy imagine? story. Yeah, because um. When I, so when they bring me upstairs, right, for the verdict, they don't tell you. They just bring me upstairs. So when I enter the courtroom, it's like 60 officers there. So when you were sitting there on trial, regular day to day, it's only about three, four, five officers the most. It's about 60 because they, they're about to read your verdict, right? And your family could, because I had a packed courtroom, so your family could wild out. So when I come out, I see all these officers. I'm like, what's, what's going on? My lawyer said, they got a verdict. Good luck. But I, the way he said it scared the shit out of me. So I'm like, why you say it like fucking that? Paul? <laughs> yeah, Paul. Paul. So I so I so I sit down, and when I sit down, here come the they bring the jury out. So I'm looking at them now. Like I, I throughout the whole trial, I would not try to look them in the eye because I didn't want them to think I'm trying to scare them or nothing, right? Yeah. Now yeah, 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 I got the verdict. I need to see y'all face. So now I'm looking at them. They coming out. Some of them not looking at me. Like two of them. It was like an older guy, and it was a young lady. She was really pretty. She, um, they both were smiling at me. I didn't know how to take it because I'm thinking like, yeah, we got you, nigga. It could have been one of those. <laughs> right? It could have been one of those. But it turned out to be, but the girl, she kept, she wouldn't stop smiling at me. She just, she wouldn't stop. I swear. It's like, because they start, because they talking, right? So they sit them down. So the jury is reading some shit to them. I mean, a judge is telling them, yo, uh, whatever, doing the regular law shit. And then like, y'all got your verdict? So the um the foreman stands up and said, "Yeah, this girl's still smiling at me." So he hands it to the judge. The judge look at the verdict, looks at me, straight face. Like you know, he been doing this like 
you can't, I couldn't read him. I'm like, damn, I don't know what you know I'm mean? trying to read him. He looks at me, looks back at the paper, give it back to the um the, the court officer, he give it to the to the um foreman, and the foreman reads off. He said, How do you find Mr. Harris guilty of conspiracy in the first degree? Not guilty. Conspiracy in the second degree, not guilty. Conspiracy in the third degree, not guilty. Fourth degree, not guilty. Um the, the shootings and all of them. One, two, three, four, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. That last one, I was just like, not guilty. I said, Woo, that's the best feeling ever. You don't understand me. My lawyer grabbed me. He said, you better tell the whole entire city that ain't nobody ever beat a case with DNA on the scene. I'm like, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> He's yeah, man. Paul was like, you better tell the whole city I beat a case with DNA on the scene. Nobody did that. I said, all right, Paul. I hear you, man. Thank you, man. And yeah, so they took me back downstairs. Make sure you ain't got no warrants. They should have knew that anyway. And once they clear you, go right back out the same courtroom that you were just in. And I was like, so I went upstairs. I'm like, I could just leave now. They said, yeah, go. I'm like, okay. You don't you don't <laughs> go back to Rikers to tell the homies? Nah, you don't go back to Rikers. You you oh, some shit. people like you'll go back to Rikers. Let's say if you got another case open or stuff like that, you go back to Rikers, right? You can go back, but I ain't go back to Rikers. I went I went straight out the courtroom. <laughs> Crazy. You have any shit in your cell there? <laughs> Yeah, so like what I start while I was on trial, what I started doing was sending the important things home just in case that I <laughs> things I the, the things crazy. that I really wanted, right? Yeah. But yeah. like I I still had shit there, clothes and all that. I'm like, yo, if I go home every day, because you never know you're going home, right? I'm like, yo, if I go home, make sure y'all y'all can have this. I already told the homie. They all called me that night though. They called me like once I because they, you know, cause the, the court officer tell them because they let them know, yo, you this is how you know when someone be trial, because they'll call me like, yo. Clean out such and such cell. Once they say that, you're like, oh, he went home. You know what I'm saying? So, um, did you in the four years you were there? Did you ever see? And did any of your friends not get out but get acquitted the way you did? You ever hear yes. that? Oh, you did. Hell yeah. Oh, so there's a little hope. Yeah, I seen. I seen. I seen plenty of people get you know beat trial, and I seen people blow trial too. Wow. Uh, and so, so, those jurors. Have you ever been in contact with them afterwards? Um, I, I, one, right. I, I don't even know if I should say it because I don't, sure, well, well, sure. you know, the case is over yeah. with case over, yeah. right. But one juror, I'm going to just say this. I, I, um, I, she's following me on Facebook now and we was, and it was a young girl. I said that was smiling. It's crazy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She's married though. I mean, if she, if she wasn't, I probably would have married her. I'm like, I'm not going to lie to you. Cause <laughs> just for that. Right. But anyway. She was like, she she was just like, yo, I'm proud of what you're doing. Like, I feel yeah. like you made the right choice. Stuff yeah. like that. Like, it was yeah. more motivational. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was this one girl. That's wow. the only girl I ever, you know, seen, um, got a message from or heard from. God, wouldn't it be cool to tell them all, hey, thank you, and I just want you to know that I didn't waste that chance? I would love to, man. If y'all watching this, please reach out to me, Um, you know, Hocus 4-5th on Instagram, and please, I just want to, I do want to thank y'all. I, yo. I want y'all to see what I'm doing, and I, I want y'all to appreciate what I'm doing now. And this is all because of you. Did you get a chance? Did they say anything? It's it's interesting that you didn't testify, so you couldn't tell them, "Hey, I'm a different man." It's your choice to testify or not, and you can't you you can get up there and say that, like if your if your lawyer asks you that, but that's kind of like irrelevant to the case. Yeah, you know they, they'll yeah. object to that. Yeah, like they, they'll object to it anyway. So it's like. It's like the, the burden of proof on them. Like, what am I getting? Like, what am I getting up there to tell? I didn't do nothing, right? 
That's what I'm saying. I'm not guilty. So what? Like you know, in certain cases, it's very rare a lawyer puts someone on the stand to talk for himself. Because you would go up there and fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, yo, just what, leave, just leave the burden proof on them. Like, let them prove it. Like, you might go up there and just say, to, like, you know what I'm saying? What did you think of the prosecutor? Shitbag? Oh, my God. The biggest douchebag ever. <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew oh, my, it. Is he? Um, damn, what the? I got brain fog right now. What the fuck is his name? Um, Adam, um. All my co-defendants are going to get mad at me because we can't stand him right now. And I'm not saying yeah, his name. You know name. what? Brain fog because you got the vaccine. I ain't get no... You, you know damn well I ain't get no vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know damn well I ain't get no vaccine. You know, we can talk about that too. But we, Adam, we will. Those Adam, fucking nut jobs. Again, man? I'm going to say his name when I remember. But he is the biggest douchebag ever. Like, this guy... This guy didn't want to give us no cop-outs, nothing. Like, yo, you think I... Man, I'm facing all that time. You think I would have took a cop out? This guy was like, "No, I didn't get no, I didn't get no offer." Oh no, shit! So if they would have been like, "Hey, five years," you'd have been like, "Okay, I'll take Hell it," and yeah. then you would have done five, one more seven, year. Yeah, eight, nine, maybe ten. I would have took. Like you could have got, some, you could have got a conviction out of me, dummy. Because I really didn't want to rip. I seen people, like I told you, I seen people blow trap. Like before I, before I went to trial, um, my brother and two of my brothers and my other friend. That's my co-defendants. They went to trial first. I went to trial yeah. by myself because I was the last one left. But they yeah. went to trial together. My brother beat it. One of my brothers, my other brother, blew it. My blue. So I just like you think I really wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Blue, like, blue means blue means you you fucked it up. Blow blow trial means you lost. Blow trial. You blew the trial. Uh, you I can't. I don't see the quote in here. I don't remember where it is. But you do talk about. Maybe it was in in phony phony homies. In one of the songs, you talk about one of your friends who did a year for some sh for doing someone he didn't do, or he's in jail for killing someone he didn't kill. He did a. I wish I could find the exact quote. Is that uh, Phony Homies Rello? That's my man Rello. I think the second verse in Phony Homies. I think so. I think that's that's the second verse. My man Rello. He he wound up. They offered him ten years. You know what I mean? He didn't take it, and then he wound up going to trial, and he blew. Got twenty five to life. It was for murder, and, and he didn't do it. No, Rello didn't do it. Fuck. And he went in, in, in the song. You talk about how he wouldn't snitch. The guy wouldn't snitch. Yeah, I, th I think that's phony homie. I'm talking. I'm talking about Rello now. Yeah, you know, Rello didn't do it. He's from Brooklyn. Shout out to Rello. Free Rello, man. Um, in that podcast you did with um the the ten dies down the ten ties down podcast. Ten toes now. Ten toes. Who is that guy? Ten toes guy from Harlem. You know, he got his, he got a podcast. I think he ten toes did a lot of time too. You know, it was an ex-gang member back in the days. And, you know, turned his life, came home after doing a lot of time, turned his life around, you know. Yeah, that was a trippy podcast. He spent the first 20 minutes just, like, po poking at you. Yeah, you know. And, and like, you were just chilling. And then finally you told him, like, you're like, okay, buddy, I had enough. Settle down. And, he, and, then, and then he did back up. He backed. And then, but then he, you would push him back one or two steps. And then he would be like, oh, it's cool. It's cool. Chill. And then he would come back at you again. And it was like two hours and 45 minutes of that. I'm like, wow, this is a fucking, you live in a different world than me. Yeah, because Tentos, he like to hold people accountable. Like, you know, that's his whole thing. He think he holding somebody accountable. He's trying to trip me up. I'm like, yo, bro, you know, it's not going to work on me. That stuff that you do with these other people is not going to work on me. Oh, that's him? Who's you that? found it? I couldn't find, I don't think that's him. That's not Tentos. Host no. the Ten Toes Down podcast? No. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I couldn't find the guy's fucking Instagram. No, that's definitely not him. Oh, interesting. 
<laughs> Ten Toes Down TV is his joint. See if you could find that Ten Toes Down TV. He's like he's he's brolic. He's real brolic and um um black guy brolic. He be having what? glasses. What's that mean, brolic? That means diesel. Brolic is that a, is that a real word or is that a hood word? I think it's a real word. Look it up. Brolic. Yeah, it's, that mean diesel. That mean you know. I know up. diesel. I know diesel. <laughs> I don't even know how to spell fucking brolic. I got a bunch of bras. You know, how to spell bra. Oh, here it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Just like okay, brolic. Oh, Urban Dictionary. Uh, that's him. Uh, it's a large, up. large object. Large object. Diesel brolic. To vigor. Oh, or you know what else it could mean? Holy shit, Hocus. What's that? Oh, you're going to fucking love this definition. It means you're going to fucking love this. It does mean what you said, but the second definition to vigorously finger someone under the table. <laughs> no, it don't. I swear to fucking God. No, but it's, uh, you got to take out the K. Take out the K. It's brolic with a C, man. Well, up up here, up here, they got the they got the other definition. It means big, a large object. No, take all right, put it put it without the without the K. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> He's that big around the table. Oh, that's crazy. I never heard. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Two L's, brolic, extremely big and muscular. All right, fuck. Told me. you. <laughs> all right, I like that other definition better. <laughs> uh. Uh, settle down, people. Sevan's just amazed at words. I know. I'm always amazed at words. I suck at words, but my mom was so great at words. So I just have this, uh, uh, yeah. Brolic with a cunt. Yeah. F- you fingered vigorously a cunt. Brolic uh, with a cunt. Yeah. Excuse me, one. Uh, I really love how the show really expands the viewer's vocabulary. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. He's a pure blood. He's a pure blood. Pure blood. Yeah. That semen's going to go, go high on eBay soon. Uh, no, I'm not using my dude. This is a fucking I, I'm a fucking world class photographer. I just this is just some camera I've laying around with a 1.8 lens on it. What are you talking about? iPhone, even though I love dude, how much are you an and you're an Android guy for me? Yeah, well, I, I used to be an Android guy now. This is an iPhone I'm on now. Oh, I got both. Man, you, I got this is my Android right here, my Android here, and I became an iPhone guy later. I only became an iPhone guy for Clubhouse, believe it or not. Oh, did you love it? Which one? The, the Android's better. Just the rest of us are just dumb, right? That's what I hear. No, um, well, when I used to be an Android guy, I would say that. But the op, they both, they both good. Like I like the Android because it does things the iPhone. Like I download videos and stuff like that. Like iPhone, you can't do that. So I do that a lot. And the Android, I could do that with no problem. You, know? you mean just so, like straight off of YouTube, you can just download them? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, it's like it's like a lot of stuff you can do. When it comes to down, but you can't share videos and stuff like that the way you could do on iPhones. It's weird. Like iPhones, technically iPhones is better. You know what what a miracle. What a miracle the phone is, huh? What it's become. Just this miracle. fucking. That we could fucking talk to each other right now from different parts of the planet and yeah. see each other. This is amazing. Like it's just, this is magic right here. <laughs> like for real. Did you paint your garage? Or, did you paint your studio yourself? I actually did, man. I, and I would never, ever, ever paint anything again in my life. Never. Because it's just, it, why? It's me- it's messy? Like ruins clothes and shit? Or? No. I, I actually, the garage was empty when I did it, right? This is my garage, by the way. I turned it to the studio. But it's just strenuous. It's like, yo, that took a lot of work. I was sore. <laughs> it <laughs> looks great. By myself. I'm like, nah, I will never paint again in my life. Never. <laughs> it you looks great. Paint. 
You couldn't pay me to paint. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah. Um. Uh. I, I think my favorite. One, well, not my favorite, but one of my favorite. I, I did like phony homies, but that that Bronx anthem was really cool. Who organized that song, and, and was it an honor to be in it? Oh yeah, well definitely. That's um my man ABS. That's that's actually his song, and you know he um he uh you know called me for the feature. I said, oh yeah, you know me, Fred the Godson, OMP, and ABS. Yes, on that. Yep. And, and, and to call it the Bronx Anthem is, pre- is going pretty hard. It's like it's you're putting your fucking stake in the ground. Like this is us, right? And do they rest in peace, Fred the Godson? Oh, he's gone. Yeah, he allegedly died from COVID um during the pandemic. Oh, was that the chubby guy? The guy who went like third yes. or something? Yes. Oh, that's so trippy. Because I, I was actually wondering about that guy's health when he was singing. Because he was like a, he was like a, 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 like a, like he looked like he could be related to Biggie. Yeah, keep going. He, it's a, it's a unique looking guy. He looks, nope, keep going. That guy's good too. That's right that there, guy. Man, yeah. his, his, his rap style was so unique. Amazing, man. Amazing. What, what is he? You talking about nationality? Yeah, or his ethnicity? Yeah, what's his makeup? I I I don't know if he have any career. I know he's black. I just don't know if he have any Caribbean. Or anything. I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, he almost looks like Asian or Indian, kinda. Nah, I don't think Fred's Indian. Um. So so when when you do when you do a song like this, I always wondered this. I, I always, you know what song I really wondered it about is uh, that song that um. There's a crazy song that uh, Chris Brown did with Lil Wayne and and they got all the Nazi propaganda type shit in it. Do you know what song I'm talking about? It's Lil Wayne, Chris Brown. Uh, nah. It's not Eminem, is it? What the fuck song is it? It's a, na- it's a nasty song. It's the nasty of the nasty. And they're big. Ba- no, 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 no. Uh, it, who's the? It's a uh, um uh fucking what's the girl's name? Hold on, Chris Brown, Lil Wayne. Is it one of these songs? I got them up here. Uh, no, I was gonna say it's Rihanna. It's not Rihanna. It's the chick with the huge fucking hammers. <laughs> oh, Nicki Minaj. There it is. Yeah, yeah. And Drake. Yes, 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 yes. How the you fuck? With the huge hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did five hundred and eleven million? Okay. Yeah, that's nuts. Which one is that? What's on, what? What's let me see. Which one is that? What's it's, the name uh, of that one? Oh, only you talking about? Oh, that's only. Yeah, only. No, Drake. You said you said Chris Brown. That's Drake on that. Yeah, and Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Oh, yeah, Chris Brown is on that. I'm bugging. He's on the hook. You're right. That is yeah. I and and hey, have you seen the one where they got like the Nazi propaganda, the animation Mm-mm, of that? Anyway, so when 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 they put a song together like that, how does there's two versions of this? Go see if you can find the other one. I just want to show them like the Nazi propaganda, like all the red shit. It's kind of cool, but. It's weird. Um, uh, or maybe it's Red Army shit. But um, does someone tell you what, what your lyrics are supposed to be? Or they're like, hey, you're going to have fucking 72 seconds here. Get your shit tight, and it's got to be about the Bronx. Like, how, how are you oh, no, giving you write, direction write, to create write, for that? You write your own lyrics. You know what I'm saying? You put what you want. Well, I write my own lyrics. And most, most of the time, people write their own lyrics. Um, now, when it comes to visuals, there's a difference with, between like me me being an independent artist doing my visuals and these record companies. Um, these record companies they put a lot of symbolism in in these major artists' videos. I don't think they even have a choice, you know, when it comes to them. Like you know, the record company I hire who they want to shoot the video and put whatever they want the propaganda that they want. 
So I don't think they have a choice. They just they just go do their job and they go home. So that the the premise of that video is that Drake and uh, as I recall, I haven't heard it in maybe a year or two, but Drake and Lil Wayne are basically talking about how they want to fuck Nicki Minaj, and so they go back yeah. and forth and like rap about like or, or they, and Lil Wayne goes at the end, and right. his shit like his shit's crazy. His shit like like even when you're reading the lyrics, you're like, what the fuck is he saying? Did did he just come up with that himself? You think so? He just like, hey, this is the theme. You got to talk about wanting to bang Nikki. Go. Um, I don't know. That's a good question, though. That's a good question. It's it's, it's it, you know maybe Nikki came up with her verse first, and then they said, oh, we gonna follow along. I don't know. You know, it could have been like that. It sounded like it, it probably flowed like that. Like, oh, that's I right, right, we gonna feed over that. You know. Um. Did you, did you, how, how were all of you in the same room when you made that song, the Bronx Anthem? No. So everyone just does their part and then some other dude goes back and assembles it like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, yeah, we did our part and um, we send it off and somebody mix oh, it. You don't even record in the same studio. You do it in your own studio, right. wherever your dudes are. Right. Wow. Some, sometimes we you know, we'll do the same studio. Like my last song I did with Fred before he passed, we we was in the same studio. It was me, him, and Corey Guns. We did a song together. Hey, do you remember the first guy you knew who had like some shit set up in his bedroom or in his closet? You went there and you're like, "Holy fuck, this is dope!" Yeah, he had a computer and a fucking keyboard and yes, I, you're, sound. You're, you're, you're He's got gonna, clothes hanged everywhere around the mic. What? You're not gonna believe me when I say this. Yes, I do. And guess what his name was? What? What do you think? I have no idea. Seven. <laughs> Who? His name is Seven. Seven. I swear to you. I, That's, a great, life, name. His name is That's is a great name. That's a great name. And now you're on the greatest podcast in the world, the Seven <laughs> Podcast. I fucking I, love the it. The first studio I ever went to is my man, Jay Black Cousin. Shout out to my man, Jay Black. He took us there. First time I ever recorded outside of a karaoke or tape. Remember the two tape recorders? Yeah. Was yeah, it my man, Seven? He, he, and he was a producer. He made beats. Seven. I recorded on his beats in his studio, and and it was basically just in his bedroom. It was in his living room, actually. God, that's so fun. That those and are those the best days? The best, the most classic moments of your life, like the best. Like someone's busting ass in the room. You're fucking getting <laughs> hard. Food's there. It's just fucking nuts. Yo, it's just so much. It's just like when you think back. It's just so raw. It's like. Yo, we did it to have fun. It wasn't a business yet. It was just like, it's, it's like trying something that you never really tried before and then watch it turns into something. Because after it turns into something, it becomes a business. It comes work, right? Even though you love doing it, it's still kind of like organized. Like, ah, I got I to gotta put a song out now. I got to do it. I got to do it. But those days, man, the first days, don't me rhyming on the karaoke or on the radio, putting one tape. Those, those memories, man, uh, I wish I had those recorded. Like, you know? Wish we had phones, camera phones back then, and we could actually see that. Are you? Is there an age when you're too old to be a rapper? No, I don't believe that, and I will never agree with that. If you if you got rock stars still singing, doing tours at fucking seventy years old, I don't want to hear that shit. You can rap right, until good. you fucking die. You know what I'm saying? Good. Yo, shout, shout out to DMX. That's my big brother, man. DMX was a mentor to me, was a friend, and he always told me, "Yo, we don't never stop. This is what we do. We gonna die doing this." And you know that's what he died doing. Rest in peace to my big bro, DMX. I actually got songs with him, you know. So make sure y'all check it out. What he, he he got twisted up and just fucked up drugs. He he died uh, OD'd or something. 
Well, you know, that's what the cover story say. I, you know, I don't really like to play conspiracy theory on his death because that's my bro. You know what I mean? So I, I'm going to just say I don't believe. I don't never believe these people. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. You know how that go. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, did you lose your Instagram account and get it back? Yes, I did. I, but 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 it was during the time where um everybody, you know, Instagram went down, but they was giving everybody this back and it wasn't giving me mine. I was like, oh, okay. I see what it is. You know what I'm saying? It took them a while. When when was to, this? Because I lost, I had a blue check mark account and they took that shit from me. They're like, nah, you're a bad boy. This is um <laughs> that day right there. Whatever day that is, that's when I got it back. Does it say how long, tell me this story because I would love to get mine back. Well, think of how much faster I would get a response from people like Hocus uh, Four Fifths if I had a hundred thousand followers and a blue check mark. Right. So what I, what what I did was I just kept filling out this um application yeah. that you. I filled yeah, it out a hundred times. What did you say on it? it back? No. What did you, and you know what? For a long time, I could still see the account, <laughs> but no one else could see it. A glimmer of hope. That's yeah, that's how like, it was for me at first too. And then I couldn't see nothing. And yeah. then when I would try to sign in, they say this count doesn't exist. I said, Oh, they got yes. <laughs> yes. But they, they gave it back though. I don't know why. I, you know what it was? I was talking to my friend about it, right? I'm like, Yeah, man, they took my account. So I don't know what it was that day. I said, Let me put another receipt, another ticket in. I wasn't even gonna do it no more. I did it, and next thing you know, 20, 30 minutes later, my people calling me, yo, I can tag you, yo, yo, your account back. I said, Oh, we lit. But yeah, you know so I, okay, I I'm not telling you the whole story. So I got my account back. Oh, you got it back? I got it back. I had it back for like three weeks, and I told the team. Well, they told me, "Hey, dude, <laughs> give us your login to your account. You're not gonna allowed to post on your account anymore. Start your own account." I was like, "All right, cool," because I I post you know stuff right about COVID <laughs> and stuff, and they don't like that. So I was like, "Okay, cool," and I didn't want to lose my blue checkmark account because it's how I troll rappers, right? That's how I get rappers on the show gotta have the blue check mark and then three weeks I, I didn't post on it for three weeks nothing the team had it they were being good with it you know what i mean just good shit like go get your vaccine shit no they didn't say that but you know good shit and uh and, and then i lost it again they just took it away but you're saying keep the dream alive and just keep sending in requests even though it's been six months i would you, i would you know what i would do too even though what just tell them I'm black, tell them I'm black and gay <laughs> and Jewish. <laughs> All three at work these days, right? But look, what I would do is I'd be like, yo, um, there was I, on a ticket, this is what I would put. There was just a problem with Instagram where a lot of accounts was taken. Mine was taken too. Can you please reinstall me? I have a blue check. Um, I use it for business. I, I said that's what I said. I said stuff like that. Like that's this is not word for word, but you can put in your own words, but make sure you I'd speak. rather put it in your words. I'd well, rather put it in your well, words. Well, say this then. Say, you know, look, I use my account for business. I have uh-huh. a blue check verified account. Um, uh-huh. I love the the, the um, Instagram experience. I do it, say that. I always say that. God, I love the Instagram experience. This breaks my heart. I just always say that. Yes. And tell them that it was just an issue where it, a lot of accounts was erased from Instagram because that just happened. So try to see if that way it worked. They might be like, oh, yeah, it was an issue. And they might give it right back to you because it was an issue where they, a lot of accounts was taken down. So... I think a See, lot of those people over there would appreciate it if I told them I'd suck their dick too. <laughs> but I got boundaries. <laughs> Fuck. Boundaries. I keep thinking about your prosecutor speaking of sucking dick and just what a like it's so unnecessary to be a douchebag. Like he's got nothing to lose. That fucking guy gets to go home every day and open a fucking bottle of wine. Every day. And oh, like you got to see you got to see how red he turned when I was acquitted. He was like, "What?" The? He looked at the jury. He said, "What?" Like, "What?" You- I'm like, you lost. 
accept defeat, man. <laughs> I know it, I, it's, it's so crazy. It's it's so it's lacks such integrity to not even. He should almost be happy. No, no happy. He was. I'm talking about. He turned pink, like he turned purple. Like he, I'm. He was that mad. I was like, yo, this guy's really angry. Like he really wanted to see me do life. Like look at him. Like. God, you really don't know me, guy. Like, come on. Was, was he, he wasn't Jewish, right? That guy? Uh, I don't think so. What the, yo, I swear to you, my co-defendants, if they see this podcast, they're going to be so mad at me. Like, how are you going to forget this nigga name? Um, what the fuck is his name? Um, Outstature. There we go. Adam Outstature. That's okay to say his name on here? Yeah, you can say his name. Yeah, he's a he's, yeah, he's ADA Outstature. He's public. It's public information. But um, outstature. What is the, what's the origin of that? I I don't know. Stupid. Whatever. <laughs> Might be a Nazi. Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! I found him! I found him! I are found you, him! Are you on is the site for the the legal site or? Well, just I'm just gonna bring up. I'm gonna just gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna bring up the uh, entire Google page. All right. Let me see. <laughs> That's the same photo I had too. Outstature prosecuted serial killers. Infantis, infanticides, infanticides—that's people who kill babies. Infanticides. Can you, can you make that picture bigger? I want to make sure that's him because you know they, they have people with the same name. Find some more pictures. Oh, here, let's just click. Images. Yeah, that's his okay. fucking bitch ass. That's him. <laughs> this guy. Yeah, that's his him, cocksucker. That's why I beat you. Accept defeat. You got a CrossFit gym in the Bronx? You ever do CrossFit? Um, there's CrossFit in the Bronx, but yeah, remember I told you I'm in Georgia. I I do um I oh, do that's right. uh, I do a boot camp every every day out here. That's what I do. That's why I work out there. Do you run it or you attend it? I attend it. It's oh, um no. it's like it's like a CrossFit. It's boot camp. Yeah, so I would call it CrossFit because we do weights and cardio, all that shit. Someone running a CrossFit gym and doesn't want to pay the affiliate fee. <laughs> uh, Clark withheld consent for X Wow. That's an outstature. Outstature. I wonder what the um. Or, or, yeah, I wonder uh, what origin name. He might be a Nazi, man. Yeah, peace and love. Peace and love to everyone. Outstature origin. My show. Is, my show is supposed to bring people together. I mean, I don't want to get together with that guy. He tried to. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to give me life in prison. He should have offered me five years. I would have took it. Outstature. Irish, Irish. Don't oh, he's Irish. With, yeah, don't fuck I, with the I, I Jews. Like Irish, I like Irish people, man. <laughs> Me too. I, Irish people, they cool, man. Um, tell me about the reptilian people. Gently, break me in slowly, just real slow. Don't fuck my whole scramble my well, shit all up. Well, um, like real reptiles, like cold, like people, like in the cold and like like alligators and snakes. Yeah. Okay, but they're humanoid. They're rep- that's why they call reptilians. Uh, allegedly, there's a race of reptilian humanoids who can shape shift, who is actually pulling the strings, who is the real puppeteers of the world elite. So at the top of the pyramid, people think the Rothschilds, the Bowers, the um, Brothmans, and you know these families, these thirteen families, right? But even even above them, you 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 got. So you got the families, then you got the houses, the house of Francini, house of Borgers, and I can't pronounce these names. I got it in my phone, right? (laughs) 
So they're the houses, right? And then you got the popes, Pepe Osini, the black pope, the white pope, and the great pope. But at the top of the pyramid, I don't believe that they're human. Um, this It's a theory, but it's a calculated one. And it's one that got a lot of history to it. When you think about how the Chinese, you know, praise the dragon and, and these reptiles. And we see a lot of reptilian um, symbolism in this, in, in this culture. Like we see the statues. We see... We see them written on the walls and, and even the ancient Kemet. So, you know, allegedly there's a race of reptilians who are from the uh, draconian star system. And, you know, I don't really believe in outer space the way they teach us. There's a whole never rabbit hole. But yeah, yeah, I saw I saw I saw <laughs> your flat earth thing. We had it. We had a dude on here who yeah. really, really explained. He did, I don't know if I would say he was a flat earther, but he's really in, into the idea of it. And he explained a lot of it to us. Right, so um, that's fucking yeah, I, Yao Ming. How come the giant dude has a tiny cock? <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. I don't know, man, but yeah, allegedly that they're pulling the strings, man, and they they can shape shift. They can um, you know, uh, allegedly that this is where the idea of vampires come from, where that they they really can't be in the sun like that. Um, they drink blood, you know, and we know that there is a adrenochrome is a real thing and there is people really doing that whether you want to believe it or not um that's a whole nother rabbit hole but yeah the reptilians this is yeah i i and i i believe not like a belief system but i believe in the possibility that they are here they do exist um you know and they are pulling the strings you know it's just out of the scope of my reality oh it's just some quacky shit no we got to pay attention to everything nowadays and what's, what's going on you know, we don't understand everything about this realm like we think we do. Do do you ever do you ever scare yourself with some of the shit that might be true? Like, like I had this friend uh, Raw of Earth come over and start showing me all this proof that there's aliens, like bodies have been found in South America and shit, and started in on my own computer. And I was I started feeling like oh, like my feet were coming off the ground, like I was losing touch with reality for a second. Like he was scaring me. Nah, I don't, I'm not scared. Like, I, honestly, I would rather meet them. Like, I want to meet them. Like, but, but of course the benevolent ones, right? I want to actually, but you know, they're, they're probably on a level to where, so somebody said this quote, right? And it really stuck out to me. The aliens come in and try to explain this realm, this world, this existence, this reality to us is like us taking a fish out of the water and trying to explain this world to it, right? It's right, kind of like, right. and it makes a lot of sense. If they that much more technology advanced, it's like, they're not gonna come talk to us because they don't think we're ready. But um, I would love to meet them. Like I really want to meet them. Like you know what I'm saying? So I'm not afraid at all. Like I'm excited. How about that? Because I think that right. I think right now with the world waking up, I think there's a possibility that this might be real disclosure in this lifetime, and and not the government. I'm talking about interaction with us and them. Um, I, I will tell you this this thought that I have that's out there a little bit. I don't think we create anything. So there's a story of Prometheus in Greek mythology that he goes up to the heavens and steals fire from the gods. And I don't believe that we have, I don't believe we have true creative ability. I believe that Stephen King talks about it. By the way, I highly recommend this book. I think you would love it. It's Stephen King's only nonfiction book. It's called Stephen King on writing the audiobook. I don't know if you listen to audiobooks. The audiobook's amazing. He fucking reads it. But basically, he talks about how when creatives, they don't even know where the shit's coming from. Like, he doesn't know where any of his fucking books come from, right? And he, it's just when, when when you see the idea, fucking pull that shit down. Start downloading that shit. And 
I, I feel like all those things like you talk about, like the ideas of a Dracula or an Iron Man or of a Superman or of the Greek heroes, or I feel like everything is a, is it, no one came up with it just at, at a, from some baseless idea. Right. And, and even today, you, you know, there, there was like that 10 year period. I don't know if it's over yet, but there was just like this 10 year of just zombie movies and zombie shit on TV. Yep. Well, dude, I feel like I fucking live with zombies. Like, I went to Whole Foods today, and I'm like, holy shit. Hey, same here. Did these you see motherfuckers, this? they don't look like the ones on TV, but I'm like, these motherfuckers are all zombies. It's they just are. me and my boy in zombie land. I feel the same way. Did you see the New York Post, what they put up yesterday? No. They said that they found the, uh, the zombie virus frozen. And I think oh. Antarctica somewhere. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I heard that they unfroze. I did hear that they unfroze like eight viruses or something in bro, Antarctica. Bro, they but they specifically said a zombie virus that that's a public threat to humanity. You mean to tell me all of a sudden in 2022, after three <laughs> years of vaccinating people, now y'all find a zombie virus? Nah, because when people start turning into zombies, y'all gonna blame it on. Oh, remember we told. But I think virus. they're already. Well, we know why they really turn into the zombies. We know. <laughs> My point is, is that, I, um, I think that I think some of that shit's just already here. We just don't realize it because we have an expectation of zombies to wear ragged clothes and walk like this. I agree. Do, do, do you know what I mean? But that that concept of people who are asleep and walking around on autopilot is everywhere. And sometimes you see them wake up for a second. You know what I mean? Like you see them, like they wake up from their slumber. I mean, I remember when I used to be a zombie and it would be weird when I would wake up from my slumber and then quickly go back to sleep. And if you're not careful, you know, you know, you've heard that thing. Someone will lose their keys and fucking tear their whole house apart looking for it going mad, but they lose themselves and they don't even know it. Mm. Oh, I got a rapper to say, hmm. That was good. <laughs> right. That was, no, but that, <laughs> that, was, that was a ball right there. That was a ball. <laughs> Hocus, um, you think uh, you, you, what's going on with what's going on with Kanye? Do you have any do you have any thoughts on that? Do, what, what do you think? Let's let's talk about. Um, I want to start here and then kind of go into this. And I'm kind of setting you up here, so I apologize. But there's something that you were saying. About, do you have time? You got you got to go in 20 minutes. You got to go in 10 yeah, minutes. You got to start getting ready. I open up at 11. I say, yeah, like another 10 minutes is good. So I can start getting ready. for the okay, show. okay. Let's just go. Let's just go heavy on the race thing. You see people like I, I come, I come from the school of thought that they're like black skin is, I, I grew up in Oakland, you know, and, and I, and I did the whole Martin Luther King. Um, uh, I was way into Martin Luther King for a while. Only wore Malcolm X t-shirts. I read all the shit about the black Panthers. There was a, two years of my life where I was the only white kid in my neighborhood from when I was 16 to when I was 18. And I dove deep into it. And then as I started being able to ask de- what, what are definitions of words, you start to realize that really, Black is nothing but uh, a biological attribute that makes it so you're either more akin to living close to the equator or more close to the North Pole, and that's the color of our skin. And I truly believe that. It's just a biological fact that allows you how how you uh, receive the sun. And that's why it would have been fucking great during COVID instead of saying black people are disproportionately affected by COVID. Every time they said that, they should have said, hey, motherfuckers, take vitamin D if your skin's black. It's like that because that's the only thing like you guys because you guys are at the equator you don't need as much vitamin d because you had so much of it so your skin is adapted to like to push away that 
that much vitamin D. It's like, that's what I think is going on here. And so there's this, and I believe in, in this book, and I'm going to send you this book. Uh, this book is the, I think the greatest book ever written. It's a book called the Tao Te Ching. I'm going to send you the Stephen Mitchell uh, rendition. And he says that naming, uh, Tao, Te, uh, Lao Tzu said, naming is the origin of all particular things. Meaning you, I was not Sevon until someone named me Sevon, and then I have the fucking insane task of keeping this character character together, even though it's always fucking changing. This made up dude Sevon, you fucking change your name a few times. Your shit's all twisted, all you rappers. So there, there really, it's a, it's a misnomer to say black people. It, it would be more accurate to say black culture, wouldn't it? And there's, well, and there's, go ahead. No, we definitely not black. The color black is, you know, black, uh, it, according to the Constitution, right? Even in the Constitution, black person is three fifths of a man. And we ain't we don't jack that. Right. So I think we use it because we've been using it for so long. Right. But I, it is a misnomer. I don't like I don't like the term black. I'll say it because for context, so people gonna understand what I'm talking about in conversation. Right. But, you know, a lot of us, especially on Clubhouse, like I said, I talk every night. Right. So we trying to get in the habit of breaking that. So. You know, like I, I, I like to use melanated people. That's what I, I like I to use on my too. show. I love that too. Melanated, melanated people. Yes, I love that. We can go. It's the same. It's a, It's the same thing. People use the word gender and sex interchangeably. They're two different things. Gender is something that exists in your imagination. That's why I don't have a gender because no one. I, I, why would I need a fucking gender? I have a sex. You know, how I know what my sex is. Because when I ran off to took a piss, I just did it right outside my door. I pull out my big ass <laughs> cock and just took a piss. <laughs> That's it. Right. I don't need it. I don't need any other proof. That that I I one million percent agree with that. Like yeah, we. I don't do anything to try to pretend to be a man. Right. I just do the normal shit that comes naturally to to be a man. Pee against the fence. Squeeze my butt's wife. Carry my kids on their shoulders. Throw th break. Have fun. Guilty pleasure of breaking beer bottles. Just normal shit that I think dudes like to do. Right. I'm and definitely so, a naturalist. I'm definitely so, with you with that. So somehow we have to figure that out. I, I think it's I think it's our language that's fucking keeping us apart. It's our fucking it, language. It's not just a, it, you know what we was talking yesterday, right, in the rabbit hole in on Clubhouse, and we was talking about languages, and and we was talking about how in other language, this language is a a language. Somebody says something like this, like we the English language is just a language to pass information. You ever you ever spoke to someone who speaks? I don't know if y'all speak different language, but you ever spoke to someone who speak a different language and they're trying to say something to you, but they'll say it in English, but they're like, it means so much more in my language, though. And mm -hmm. I can't comprehend it because I only speak this language, but they feel it. They know it. So this language is limited and it, it's just a past information. It's not really there's no feeling in this language. This is a dull language. It's kind of like it has no it has no emotion, no meaning. It's just. The past information. That's the best way I can put it. I agree with you. And then and I, I said, I've said this on my show a thousand times. It's funny because I just said it yesterday. But so I, so I'm Armenian and my wife's Jewish and I have three little Jew boys, right? <laughs> three little Jew boys. Fucking badasses. <laughs> and to play the piano too. And not as good as your daughter. Um, not yet. Uh, and there's a word. Kike that's waiting for them when they're born <laughs> that they're supposed to pretend to be offended by their whole fucking life. How about fuck you? Wow. Boys are like never going to be offended that. by that word. I like how you just said that the way you just said it, there's a word that's waiting for them already here that they're supposed to be offended for the rest of their life. What they have to do is be like, 
I don't even care about that. What does that mean? Like, and your people got that word too, right? And so right. I'm asking you, the day you're born, my Savon's three little Jew boys, Ari, Joseph, and Avi. I'm asking. By the way, I've told this to fucking ten guests, and no guest has ever replied. They're like, "Fuck, I don't want to go there." You're the first fucking one who's like, "I like that." Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, I don't want I don't want my boys to be born to, with a word that they have to defend. I want them to defend other shit like their girlfriend or like right. I want them to be focused on their rap skills or on their piano or like figuring out if the earth's really flat or not. Right. Right. For, for real, though. But, um, you know, I, you know, just unfortunately, racism does exist and, and it exists on all levels to so all coaches. And it just, you know, it's going to happen. It's just how you like you said, how you teach them or how they learn to emotionally deal with it. Um. And I was younger. I used to get triggered by the by the n word. Now it's like, I laugh when I, I, if someone tried to say that to me, like disrespectful man. If they was to, I would laugh at them. Like you sound stupid, but you know what? Like you know, what I mean, if I if I do get a chance to cancel you, I am because you you shouldn't have said it. Now I'm gonna use that against you, stupid. But just like it's just like it don't bother me. Like you know, and I grew oh, up in New York. God, we need more time. I gotta have you back on. I gotta try. <laughs> I gotta try to talk you out of this idea of canceling too. I just feel like we're stooping to their fucking level, dude. No, I don't no, want to no. cancel Look, them. I want to embrace Balenciaga these fuckers somehow. I'm sorry. What? Balenciaga canceled. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hear you. I, and you, and you know what? Anything I, I, I have children. Anything. I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you on the cancel. I don't like it. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like cancel culture. I, but the children I hate be right. Yeah. But that's why I said it the way I said it just now. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to cancel you because I really don't like to do that. Right. right. But Balenciaga, anything to do with children? Nah. You Nah. Yeah. That, that for me, too. Children are non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. Children and and, and and probably raping women is are two non-negotiable things. Non-negotiable, the two that's non-negotiable. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, I'm pretty, I'm pretty. I like, believe in freedom fucking, of speech, bro. Freedom yeah. of thought, freedom of speech. Yeah. yeah. Freedom of expression. I'm, yeah. Hey, everybody, say what you want. Like, I, what happened to sticks and stone may break your bones and words and that? What happened to mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hogus, four fifth. Didn't even get to fucking how you got your name. I, I really enjoyed this. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed now, I ain't gonna this. Lie, this just, I feel like it's one of the one of the best interviews I ever had, though. Literally. Like, oh, right. now you really go. No, Wait, it is. We're gonna hear the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. It's one of the best interviews I ever I've ever done. I've done a lot. I'm not gonna oh, lie. Allison, you don't know what happened. What do you live on the beach? <laughs> That's my girl. She lives on the beach. Yeah, she, her, and her <laughs> husband. This this girl and her husband moved to town. Uh, she told me, hey, we're moving to Santa Cruz. Uh, she, they got two kids. She's like, I want my kids to grow up with your kids. It's like one of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten from someone. <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, hey, you have my phone number. Anything I can ever do for you, you ever want to do uh, to talk more about any of the stuff, um, you, want, you want us to figure out how we can stream on your YouTube channel, my YouTube channel at the same time, I, whatever. I'm um, um, I'm so game to do anything with you. You're cool as shit. Yeah, we got to get nah, back for a lot. Let's live do it. Yeah, help me figure that out. Let's do it. All right, brother. Uh, have a good night. I hope you kill it on Clubhouse tonight. I know you will, obviously. Yo, there's a whole lot to talk about. You already know. All right, brother. <laughs> All right. Peace. Later. Later, Hocus. He was awesome. <laughs> you know what you did there that was uh, genius? Usually I, I tell you this stuff um when we talk on the phone afterward, but when you brought up his uh, daughter playing piano, that was like the ultimate icebreaker. Like that was it. He was yours. The interview was off and running and it was, it was solid. Tickle the balls and you can do what you want. <laughs>
<laughs> his story is crazy. I was just like, just like crazy. fly on the wall over here, just like listening to it, like have him like, oh wait, no, I'm supposed to do something, not just listen to his story. I'm really, it was captivating. I'm really, I'm really bummed. I couldn't say anything. Uh, did I say anything misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic, or racist on the show today? I'm really sorry. I couldn't. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Ortega, oh shit, Sevon has a mad hard on now. <laughs> I really enjoyed that conversation. I can't tell you guys how it nervous cool. I was. I was a little bit short of breath. Um, I crushed a 70 pound dumbbell. Eat a dick, Magnus. I was crushing that shit. I told you I did 30. I mean, I hurt myself. <laughs> it was weird because you, you told me that you're like, I'm kind of feeling a little nervous about this one. And then I, all of a sudden I've was like, oh well, shit! If you're nervous, we're fucked. Because the second yeah. you get nervous, I I like double down on it. I'm like I don't know. He um he's good. He was great. I was nervous, like I was nervous with uh with Patrick Bed David. Like that first ten minutes, it was it was long. It was like ten minutes of nervousness. Yeah, and then once you guys get going and you kind of click, then you settle in. You're good to go. Oh my god, I fucking loved him. He's so cool. Yeah, he was really good. Tomorrow we got this dude on um, Paul Alkaby. Yeah, is that how would you pronounce it? Oh shit, you're gonna make me. I have you ever noticed that I just avoid ever trying to pronounce anybody's name on the show? <laughs> but yeah, Alkaby. That's or Alkaby. You must Al- be good at names because you got to know everyone's name at the gym. Oh yeah, but I what I do with that is is once I hear somebody's name, if especially like if they have a unique name or or the pronunciation's tough, I'll say it like seven or eight times in a very short time span to them, just to like mm-hmm. get it, and that's how I, I could do it. But <clears throat> I'll usually ask them like five or six times. Did I pronounce that right? Was that correct? And then I'll say it back to them a bunch. People must love that. I tried to use his name as much as I could. How about the? Fa- I liked it when he remembered my name, Seven Sevon. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's everybody's favorite word in the English dictionary. Oh, their own name. Their own name. Yeah. God, I've, I've. It's been a while since I've had some good gossip for you guys, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the scent with the, with a couple good. I just don't know how how long it's going to take for them to unfold, and <laughs> I, I've reached this point. What do you guys want to? You guys want to talk about? Uh, I was going to say Lizard King, Liver King. I've reached this oh, point. Yeah. God, I wonder if I'm getting a little soft. Before I would just come hard with this information, but I'm trying to like navigate some political waters. If you guys see me selling out, tell me. Just throw it in the comments. <laughs> They'll let us know, I'm sure. <laughs> I yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. There, there's just some. There's just a couple fun stories. Some of them you guys could easily sniff out now. I just <laughs> I, um. If you're pointed in the right direction, <laughs> yeah. But it, but they're, they're they could get me really uh, no not any sporty. Uh, oh wait, what's this? Uh, Sprotty Betty is in your head. Get rid of her. No 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 nothing. No no, no no none of that. No none of that. I actually I actually kind of enjoyed that. You guys actually made that fun. I actually just went back and read the comments, and I was just like, holy shit! It just made me so happy how many people got it. I, I received probably my greatest message from a listener ever today. This is the one that you were yeah, talking that, about earlier. Yeah, that I sent you. It was a it's it's a it was a message from a lady who told me when she started watching the show 
she had some issues with basically everything I said. And I didn't, I didn't tell you about her next text. I really got to get her on the show. But basically, she had issues with everything I was saying. And yesterday when we had Xavier, Xavier DeRusso De yep. on, that was the final straw for her. Like that, that completely pushed her over the edge. She was like, oh, fuck, I get it. And this girl's this this lady's backstory is fucking nuts. The 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 path that she had to traverse to being a blue pill to a red pill is as hard as it could get. It's the hardest path ever. And when she sent me that this morning, I was like, wow. I, I read it to my mom. She sent me some other fucking insane shit later today, too. I she said she'd come on the show, but I I don't want to feel like I'm taking advantage of her. I want to like like build yeah. a friendship up. I want to like have a relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Like she's someone I want as a friend. It's such, it's like, you know, like, you know, like there was, there was this dude, I've talked about him before. There was this dude, Jimmy Letchford who worked at CrossFit Inc. And he was, um, uh, uh, went to the Naval Academy as a wrestler. And he was a very charming man, very handsome, very cool, but he was tough as shit. And just being around him, you like you were. I was impressed just with like how manly he is. Well, you, or, or you know what I'm saying? Like if someone's like like you had a friend who's really tall and it's just cool being around him, mm-hmm. or like you have a friend who's rich as fuck and it's just cool being around him. Just like some superficial shit, but but that's cool. You know what I mean? Um, like like you go out with all your friends and you all have motorcycles and it's cool. This chick's journey, it's like being with someone who climbed Everest. You're like, yep, that's my friend who climbed Everest. And. uh yeah, so manly, right? Yeah, Jimmy's manly as shit. Yeah, like Greg. Yeah, yeah. For like, I was so proud to have Greg as a friend. Yeah, and handsome. Yeah, Jimmy's got it all. Yeah, he's handsome and and handsome and manly. Yeah, like Greg. I was always so proud to be around Greg. Totally. Uh, Trina's in <clears throat> Australia. This this account here is so fucking good. I, I'm just gonna pull. Let me pull it up. It's called. Uh, it's it's that girl who does it, right? Yeah. Going, going rogue with Sevon. Obviously, I like it. It's fucking my. It's it's my it's my favorite word in the dictionary. <laughs> are you bringing it up, or you want me? You got it. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 so, uh, going rogue with Sevon. She she just crushes the reels. Dude, we have uh, we tackle every subject that you've been told not to tackle. We tackle every fucking subject. We're like flies to just like those subjects. Transgender, definitions of words, sex versus gender. Abortion. Abortion. The killing of babies. <laughs> uh, race. Uh, what mean? Like, why do they keep calling it black people when it's just it, the skin color has nothing to do with anything other than, you know, your, your ability to survive further or closer um, to the equator? The vaccine. <laughs> Got them mm. all in there. <laughs> it's it just, and then, and then Susa drops this line on me. He goes, dude, I go, what? He goes, we're like salmon swimming upstream against the algorithm. <laughs> I started crying when you said to me, this is a really, this is, so here it is. If you want to see, oh shit, she's already got one of this dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's already cut an Xavier reel. He reposted it too. Well, that's the exact opposite <laughs> of what they want. They want 
Black people and people of color to have this victim mentality so that we continue to be dependent on these systems that they've established for us. Because if you said something that was actually logical, then that would make sense. And there's a solution attached to that. The reason that we have so many of these just senseless movements is because it's so much easier to say that we're fighting for a problem that doesn't exist because then you don't have to do any actual work. Like they continue to say that we need to fight this police brutality epidemic when that's not an epidemic that's barely happening do you know how rare it is for an unarmed black person to be shot by a police officer and more often than not yeah thanks for doing this trina this is so fucking cool hey that story where um yeah i mean he's gonna follow that page that story that story i need to make is a youtube clip where jeremy i you know how like they'll usually be like uh they'll it'll say like uh black man shot by I fucked up. I should have asked Jeremy this question too. It's it'll say black man shot by white police officer. I should have. I, I want to make a clip from that story where Jeremy got the hand job from the back of the cop car. <laughs> I, I I I should have asked him if he if he dropped a load in there or if he shot if he dropped one out of the chamber because it needs to. It, I, I want to make that clip from my YouTube channel. It says black man gets. Or shoots load in back of white police officer's car oh or something. I, I want to have something that like that like plays off of that. Remember there was like two That's years of that? Like bloody. we we knew whenever um whenever anyone who was injured was black. God, that was fucking crazy. <laughs> do they still do that? Are we taking it? It feels like we've taken a break from that. No, I think uh mainstream has moved away from that a little bit. Oh, I have a note here for a dear Bill and Katie shirt. You do you do think that they've moved away from that? That's good. Yeah, it feels like it. I mean, not in totality. They never will because anything that pushes a narrative, but at least in the recent, it seems to be less forward-facing. Okay, going, going. Less pushed. Here it is. Let's see. Going Rogue with Sevon. It has 640 followers. I'll refresh it. Oh, two, follow, two, two, two new followers from that. <laughs> we killed it for you, Trina. <laughs> there we go. That thing better have a 1,000 by the next time we bring it up. Uh, tomorrow we have Paul... Alkabi on this is going to be i got to still prepare for this for a couple hours this is going to be a wild podcast this guy was personally involved in getting people out of afghanistan during that shit show and i don't even know i don't even know that story so he's gonna have to explain i just remember seeing the pictures of jets on the tarmac covered with fucking afghanis so he'll have to kind of tell us the backstory give us what happened and then we'll hear his role in saving people from there and i, I have a feeling it's going to be a blast and he looks like a stud too yeah, that should be a good one. <clears throat> I can't believe. Hey, we're getting so jacked in the algorithm. It's so funny watching what's happening to us. And it's funny is not the right word. Maybe sad even, but it, but uh, uh, watching what Spotify and Apple is doing to us is pretty wild. It's all right. Let's keep on soldiering on. Yep. We're gonna watch it. Watch everything take a weird turn, and we're gonna have our biggest following on Twitter because all these are yeah. live on Twitter. Like right now, it's live on Twitter. Like we just why I, I clicked on it today because I just wanted to check it out and see what the platform up was. 400%. Our viewership is up 400% <laughs> on Twitter. I well, shit you true. not. That's actually true. And I clicked on it and I was like, oh, there's an audience here. Okay, wow. Because the other times before it, you know, there was, it, we would get like two or three views on Twitter, but now as it's increased and everything else, uh, we had we had we we averaged about two viewers on Twitter per show, and uh, today we had eight. Yeah, I, I saw it for myself, people. <laughs> oh, there you go, Mooney. I think I'm your only follower on Twitter. <laughs> Fuck you, Mooney. There's seven <laughs> others. <sighs> 
Oh my goodness! Oh, I bet 60. you if we brought back some sort of news thing, I think the like if we talked like uh, let's just say we had like three, and I think we should just keep it to three or four. But you had like three or four recent news articles that you just kind of like went through or had an opinion about, and we just chatted about them on once a week, like similar to how we did back in the day with uh, Kate and James. Yeah, I, I bet you that would that would do well. I think people really like to hear your take on some of the, the recent stuff in the news. Kind of like Tim Pole Pole Shoe Show Tim. Jeez, That's what I try that. to make our live call-in show, but I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck on the same topics. Um, oh, what happened? What? Why did? What happened with um, Hobart and Katie Hogan? What was the girl's Katie name? Katie Hogan. No, no, no. It was uh, Kate Gordon. Kate Gordon. Remember what we happened? got the recording? So sexy. That was what happened. Relaxing. I got too squirrely. That was like during the day firing. I got too squirrely. Yeah, we like blasted everybody. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> right after that show, like, so we offer this Sunday. <laughs> They're like, no, dude. And then that was it. We haven't got, we haven't gone back to like true uh, news articles. Two great, two great stories coming for you guys. It's been a while since we've had some good juicy, like. I'm really looking forward to the uh, three affiliate show. Oh my like goodness! Where we thought, like where we oh my goodness! Down. You guys, thank you for bringing that up, Souza. I, I I really want this to be the the definitive video that everyone needs to watch before they open an affiliate, and I think we're gonna fucking do it. I think I think we're gonna have this video. We have uh, th- three guests besides myself: uh, Matt Souza, current affiliate owner; Andrew Hiller, ex affiliate owner; and then a fucking rock star in the affiliate data space. It is going to be so awesome. And basically what we're going to show you is we're going to show you a handful of spreadsheets, ledgers. What would you call them? Just metrics, just data data points. Basically, we're going to lay out a sheet of paper and it's going to be like what it costs to run an affiliate for one month. And we're going to show you, I'm just making this up, Paris, Miami, Los Angeles, Hong Kong, we're going to show you these places. We're going to show you a handful of places in Europe because CrossFit's exploding there right now, relatively. And um, and, and you're going to see what, what kind of stimulated this is I was getting sick and tired of people saying it's too expensive to go to an affiliate. Like, hey, go fuck yourself. And then I thought, holy shit, we should just lay out the monthly expense report for an affiliate. This is the rent. This is this this is um, the cost to keep the bathroom running. This is an expenditure mm-hmm. for um, how much new equipment we have to buy. This is what I pay my employees. This is what I have to pay to the government for um, uh, the septic tank I use in the back. Just all of that stuff. And then you're going to be like, holy fuck. I think a lot of you are going to be like, how the fuck does an affiliate ever stay in business? And you're going to be like, it's going to just change your entire perception of what you're being offered there. And 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 basically, I and I do not like this word, but the sacrifice affiliate owners are um are are going to is Jr. doing a standalone podcast? Yeah, yeah, just that'll wanna, be cool wanna, too. Just want to talk to Jr. a little bit. Yeah, get to know him. Get to know Jr. a little bit. The man behind the stoic mask. Yeah, or make money. Yeah, how the fuck do they stay in business or make any money? It's yeah. It's, and I would argue, well, we'll get into the show, but I would argue like a lot of the times the affiliate is like the vehicle to something else. Owning an affiliate. Owning an affiliate. Like when you own an affiliate, like if you're, you know, if your sole goal and you're not, you don't have another nine to five or anything like that and you're owning it, I would say a lot of the affiliate owners that have been there for a really long time in the space that have seen like a lot of success has have used also that affiliate for a vehicle for like other things as well too. Give me an example. 
So for me, for instance, I use the affiliate. That was like the vehicle to get the contracts with the fire departments. Okay. Those- I was thinking tax haven and heroin laundering scheme, but okay. <laughs> got you. Okay. As you're saying. Yeah. You so could also use it for still- some tax advantage stuff, but that's not going to be like, uh, you but know, it's that's still not stuff be- in the lane of fitness. Yeah, of course. And, or it could, could be a different direction. I mean, how many people have we seen open up their, and it is in the lane of fitness bar and also nutrition, but how many people have we seen then open like a online service? Where they're like oh, Ryan Fisher is a oh, good example where he's right. like, my gym breaks even or I lose his money, but I make 250, you know, thousand a month off my online e-books. programs. I sell right. the ebooks. Right. Correct. Right. Yeah. So or that's look at, I, or look at street parking has an affiliate. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> so that's another example, like how they dear Miranda and Julian, I should have a dear Miranda and Julian segment too. We are opening, uh, open to sponsors of the podcast street parking, put your little logo up there. Be great. Yeah. Get My great. goodness. What a fucking successful enterprise. And, and yet they still have a and I CrossFit, think, a street think, CrossFit affiliate. Yeah. That's real cool. Of them. But I think also too, like you'll find it even <laughs> J, JR's story too like the crash crucible crucible and then how that's helped him with like a lot of athletes and then his gym has sponsors and stuff like that so you find these other like avenues even some of the corporate fitness stuff i was doing like early on with the gym ends up helping quite a bit because you're just taking what you're doing and applying it to something else do you ever wonder how people who don't have that other avenue make it they don't not long term right I got a story for you guys, and then I and then I got to pee. My sister called me today, and she, my sister lives in Texas. And she went into a store. I think she said she was shopping for a dress, and she sees a dress, and she says, "Oh, this is really nice." And my my sister's little. My sister's like five feet tall, hundred pounds. Pretty lady, really pretty lady, and. So she, she says, uh, Hey, do you have this in an extra small? She said this, this older lady who's like rail thin shakes her head. No. I was just like, okay, well you got it in a size that you, in a size that's too big, but it's not a cute dress when it's on me, when it's too big, it looks sloppy. Lady goes, yeah, I know. And then the lady, as she walks away, mutters something under her breath that she's so sick of the fact that. Um, plus sizes are being pushed as beautiful. Sister's like, hmm, wow, okay. So you know, the 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 lady is obviously is not happy with the fact that they don't have a dress that that fits my sister. You're never going to believe where this story is going. So my sister is in the store for 15 minutes, and she says they have tons of cool shit. And the store owner's there, and she says to the store owner, she finds like a sweater, and she says, hey, do you have this in an extra small? The lady said, no, we really don't have anything in extra small. My sister's like, okay, well, thank you. And then she goes, would you like some bluebell ice cream? (laughs) And I'm like, what? Did I just hear that right? My sister's like, yeah, she offered, after she told me that they didn't have my size, she offered me ice cream. I go, what the fuck is bluebell ice cream? She goes, it's some super trendy ice cream in Texas. And I go, the closing store sells that? She goes, no, they give it away free. They had like some sort of machine that dispenses ice cream. How else are they going to give her that plus size inventory? Yeah. And I said to my sister, <laughs> I'm like, 
they're trying to fatten you up so you fit into the clothes. She goes, I have no idea what just happened. She thought I was, I thought I was in a Twilight Zone episode. I'm like, what'd you do? She just told her, no, thank you. <laughs> and she walked out of the store. What a fucking uh, genius thing to do. We don't take care of your size. But if you come by for a few of these. Yeah, come by for free ice cream every day and this sweater will fit you in a week. It fits you perfect. Yeah. I could go. Fucking nuts. I'm like, is this story really true? My sister doesn't really. My sister's like hardcore Jesus lover. She don't fucking lie. But I had to, I had to double check. <laughs> fucking nuts. I'm sure that's not what the lady meant, but it sure is weird, right? Yeah. Oh, we'll fatten you up in no time. We we'll get you right into this. Size. It's definitely not a good look. That's for sure. <sighs> okay, guys. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Afghanistan will be the topic. Um, and uh, I appreciate all you guys for checking in. Matt Souza, you the man. Always good to see you. Love doing night shows and seeing you. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.